Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Humidity Podcast. This is episode number 41. And I got, uh, there's, all my guests are special. And I'm going to say that every single time I bring them on. Uh, this guy was, when I started Bike Messaging, I think he came on like maybe a year or two after me. But we'll, you know, we'll ask him. But for those of you old school Houston heads who remember uh, the one and only, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J.B. Bobbitt. What's up, brother? Well, what's up, man? Uh, glad to be here in uh Really looking forward to talking about the old times. Yeah, for sure. So one thing I want to ask is like, man, you never really had an alias. You were just JB, you know, it almost sounds like an alias, you know what I'm saying? Instead of calling you by your first. Actually, you know what? I don't even know. What does JB stand for? JB is my name. Birth certificate, driver's license, all that. You're kidding me. Yeah. It doesn't mean like John... Bastard Bobbit or something. Well, some <laughs> no, people kidding. call me that. Probably a lot of people might call kidding. me that. No, uh, when I was in um, going into high school, I went to Lamar, and when I was going to register at Lamar, I had to get a copy of my birth certificate, and that's when I, my mom had called me Jonathan, my uh, my dad had called me John, and my friends had always called me JB, and that was the first time I saw it on my birth certificate. I was like, really? I'm just JB? That's all they ever gave me. You that's know? it, dude. That's, that's it. you know, I, I, I mean, okay. So let's take it back, dude. When did you become a bike messenger? What year? I think it was the late 90s. Yeah, because, like 97. Dude, I just, I just, there's, I have this poster on the wall, and it's from the first winter solstice alley cat in 1998. Mm-hmm. And JB was there. And... Dude, what did you get? Second or third? I got third. You got he got third place in that alley cat. But listen, I, I'm really glad that you bring it up because <laughs> I have a grievance. Well, come and on, I've, man. I've held that grievance against, against you and Tim. Oh my god! For like however bring many it, years. Bring it, dude. Bring it. Bring it. I want to hear. So it. I asked Tim. I was like, "What kind of?" And it might have been Malcolm, but I said, "What kind of bike do I need to bring?" Because I had a mountain bike and I had just got. Uh, a 20 inch that I bought from Larry uh-huh. and I bought this red line and he, and they were like, Oh, you'll be fine. Just bring the bike BMX. I had no idea we were doing 20 miles, you know, and carrying all this nonsense. So I did the whole thing. I got third place, but I was on a BMX. Well, there you go, so, dude. Hey, you, you kicked know. it. Hey, I'll give a good example. Cheers. I went to Dallas for a Dallas alley cat and I was like, there was a bunch of people on road bikes, you know, and a couple people on mountain bikes. And this kid, like, beat everybody on a 20-inch. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way, dude. So there you go. It's, it's, it's actually possible, dude. It is. It is. Yes. Because it's not about the bike. You know, it's about the rider. So, And I still have my trophy. I want to be clear. No I still shit, have the trophy. Dude. So that was 1998. That was, what, 
four, 24 years ago. Yeah, we don't dude. need to go talking about all that. Damn, yeah, dude. I, yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, but man. Good times. I mean, that was the first winter solstice. I think y'all had to put a fish head in a bag on that <laughs> one. <We had> to... <laughs> It's brutal. <laughs> Actually, after that, every solstice race after that, there was always a fish head, cat shit, and like cat piss, oh. like all like used up cat stuff. Yeah. You know, like I'd been saving from my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving that shit for fuck. I don't know months. I started like in October, and oh, then I would just God. like save it, and then on game day. Or the day before, I had to open up the the paper. I, I spit, oh, I put sardines in it. So, <laughs> so it was, they were slimy. So it was sardines, oh. cat shit or poop, and uh, what was the other thing I said? <laughs> um, damn, just anything to make that bag stink. Get soggy, and if it got soggy and you're moving shit around your bag, the bag would just rip, and you would get cat shit and piss and oh. sardines all in your fucking bag. Oh. People got hip to it, though, and they actually started carrying a plastic bag, and they would just put the plastic, that paper bag in the plastic bag, but, yeah. They'll always adapt. Messengers always adapt. Yeah, <laughs> but that was, like, the specialty, or one of the checkpoints. <laughs> I always made sure it was, like, the first checkpoint, so you had to carry that thing throughout all the other checkpoints, so, but... Damn, all right, that was a good blast for the past memory, dude. Yeah, man. And, and I'm sure everyone who's who has listened to this or done the winter solstice, I did. I think I did like 12 of them. Yeah. So, like, uh, people remember that one. That was, that was the signature, you know, on, on that one. But let's start back, dude. Do you think you started in 98? Had you just started being a bike messenger when, when you did that, do you think? No, it was 97. Oh, that's when you came on. Yeah. Okay. It was 97 because... I was 17, and I needed a job. Okay, that was the other thing I was going to ask, because you just said earlier how old you were. I was like, damn, for real? Like, yeah. You were young, dude. Yeah. I, I just, I had had, so my older brother had worked for probably uh, a couple months downtown. Who who was your brother? Uh, uh, Zai. Damn, and, I'm trying um, to think. Did he, was he down there long enough? No, he wasn't down there, but about... Eight months, year or so. I don't know how. I don't know how long he. Was and he down was there. down there before you started. Yeah, Zai. Yeah, he. I can't Maybe remember I who he to ran see for. Him, dude. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm really trying to dig in there and, and remember who he was. And there was Hastings. Hastings oh, MacGyver. dude, so, man, that was his last name, MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, dude, that was a cool. I remember him. Like, I mean, man, I haven't heard. I, I still have him on Facebook. You know, Does he I, still have long hair? Because I remember he had long hair and a no, ponytail. He, he went in the military. Like, what? He lives Hastings? in Germany now. Yeah. What? Dude, no, I did not know that. But I, I remember he was one of the first persons I met when I became a messenger in downtown. Oh, well, i got to connect you. I went to elementary school and middle school with his brother, and I've known Hastings. I knew Hastings since I was a kid. See, yeah. I thought that was like an alias for him. Like, you don't ever meet too many people with the name Hastings. Right? No, no. no I, actually, he's the only mofo I know that has that name, Hastings. So, like, I thought that was like his alias when he told me. I was like, all right, I guess that's his alias. You know? no. <laughs> but that's it. that was his real name, mm -hmm. Hastings. Yeah, it's his real name. Hastings always been a cool guy. Yeah, know? he was cool, man. Uh, I remember him when I first got down there downtown. So, But that's how I knew that there was you know work be had riding a bike 
And then um, I had worked at this smoothie shop off of West Gray and Wall, and so I went downtown and I think uh, started with Hot Shot. That's right. You were yeah. with them. You were with them for a couple years, huh? Because that was that time when they were wearing those brown button downs. Yeah, with yeah. The, with the badge on one side, and I think they even hooked it up with y'all's name on the other side. Yeah, but they would take so much out of your check I mean, for that it, shirt. It, mm-hmm. No, and just dude, for the I, shirt. For I just remember always getting fleeced. So. <laughs> Were you there when uh, they went to the red jerseys? That's after I left. All right, so you started probably in 97. Yeah. And how long were you down there, dude? Till 2000. Well, depends on what, if technically I went to work for that travel agency. Yes. Yeah, count that. And I think it counts. Yeah, it counts. uh, Uh, There were several guys that worked. Leo Villegas worked for them. Yeah. Uh, Who else? Patrick Blankenship. Yeah. He worked for them. Who else? That dude, Mark Redman. Mark Redman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was kind of a quiet guy. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, yeah, a bunch, bunch of guys worked over there. But uh, I stayed down there until 2000, 2000 2001, because that's when I, I got laid off from the travel agency in 2001. When Enron went down. Because they were actually the people who did all the booking that place the yeah. travel agency booked everybody's tickets that worked at enron everybody everybody and they did they had that that was their contract that mm-hmm. was like their biggest contract and you guys would just be ro- dropping off tickets yep back this before uh apps were made and you can just walk through the airport and scan your app and your ticket you had to have a paper hard copy and they would get those tickets and y'all would go deliver them to 1400 smith yep and they did it for anderson consulting who yep. was the the accounting firm they did all the shredding, all that. Dude, what, my, one of my clients, he's he's about to be 50, and uh, he got on with Arthur Anderson that year when in Ron, and he, I was like, hey, dude, you were one of those guys shredding all the... <laughs> <laughs> I like to I tease him every now and then about that, dude, when we bring up that whole September 11th day. Because he, he was fresh out of college, and that was his, I think, his first job working as a an accountant, or, you know, and dealing with money so yeah i always i kind of i like to bust his balls about that he goes no man and then he i don't know he's a big wig now so yeah but yeah that's how uh that's how i got down there and then stayed and then i went to uh college after that okay so what is jb bobbitt doing these days what you up to big dog well i'm i'm a lawyer now Um, congratulations dude actually you're the second uh lawyer uh that I've had on the show that was once a bike messenger, and now oh, you're nice. an attorney. So tell us about that, dude, because well, I remember when you were going to school over that, too. I can tell you that everything I learned about practicing law started at downtown filing all those papers as a you're messenger. You're right. Didn't that shit help out? All like, day it long. did, huh? Every day. Okay, I could concur to that because I filed, like, my own divorce. I've actually... I've, okay, so I saw you in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, at the family law, you practice actually uh, family law. Yeah, I do family law, CPS, child abuse cases. Uh, okay, cool. And I, I I ran into you and we talked a little bit, and I actually thought that you had some very interesting. We were on the phone for like almost an hour, dude. Yeah. Last time I talked to you, yeah, and you were telling me all about what you're doing and what you're up to, and dude, uh, that's you know big 180 turn from them bike messenger days. <laughs> I mean, I think so, but, you know, I really mean it because, you know, we learned to take care of those clerks. Um, some, of the st- some of the stuff that I used to 
do for those law firms as a messenger, now I look back and I'm like, whoa. You know, they were like, hey, I need you to put this into this court. Yeah. To stand in this line. And You I, already knew the drill. I just knew how to get it done. As a lawyer now, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe that, you know? Yeah. So It's a different um, game. But now it's all the electronic. You, you're set up with the whole electronic. Like, you can pull cases electronically. Yeah. You file, get orders, get them copied, you know, or certified and all that stuff just through email. True. Yeah. But the same principle applies, which is you got to take care of those clerks and you need to respect them and be kind with them. Dude, and, they're the ones that set everything up, yeah. dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... Uh, I get it, yeah. And a lot of them, I was, I remember being really cool with them because I worked for a Roadrunner, and like, and that's all we did was we we was in the courthouse all day long. Yeah. Like, we hardly did any A to B runs. We were like in all the courthouses. So yeah. I got to know a lot of the clerks. Some of them really cool. Well, that was the status company was Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember them red, red the candy cane yeah. jerseys, dudes. Yeah, and then finally we got some actual cycling jerseys, but. Yeah, every all those guys, they always. I mean, I know I worked for them um, for ten years. Yeah. So you know when we and I got that candy cane jersey, we always had to have them suckers tucked in. <laughs> but you know, I was still you know, I wore SPDs and you know some cycling, not like tea bagging cycling shorts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wore I wore regular shorts, but you know. I was always an SPD guy, always in downtown. I rode SPDs all the time. Like I, my first year as a messenger, I didn't. But my second year, I bought some SPDs and I never looked back. Even yeah. today, all my bikes have SPDs on them. I ride flats now. Really? But like I rode but SPD good back ones. Then. Good, yeah. good flat. Yeah. yeah. Like they they make some real good platforms out there. Dude. Oh yeah. All different kinds. Very very strong, durable. But I still can't do it, dude. I got can't those, go. Those I got the. Them BMX, see, people laugh because I have uh, flats on my road bike, mm-hmm. mm. but it's just comfortable, you know. Yeah, it is, it is. And if you get the right ones with the right, like, kind of cleat or you know, the you know, where they stick to your shoes, yeah, you know, it ain't no problem, no. you know. But I still I have a commuter bike with you know, baskets on it and racks, and like I have platforms, but they're plastic, you know. I, I, I want to put some. What I really like is the platformers with SPDs on them. You remember yeah. those? That's used to have those. Them yeah. Shimano DX. Yes, yeah. they're yeah. tight, dude. Those are tight. They still make them like that, dude. I mean, there's still some downhill racers who race downhill with the big pedals and they stay locked in, too. So. Yeah. So, all right, dude. So when did you, you – you went to South Texas, right? Yeah. So I went to high school. Uh-huh. So really – Wait, did you go to Foley's Academy? Yeah, I did go to oh, Foley's Academy. Oh, dude, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what I thought, dude. I thought you were one of the guys that went to Foley's Academy. So Ashtray, mm-hmm. you went to school with her too. I did. Y'all are the same age then, That's right. right. That's right. Wow, so. shout out to Ashtray. You listen oh, no, to this, she's dude. the best. So. Yeah, she's an attorney, or she was an attorney. She is, or, yeah, right. I think she still is. I yeah, don't know if she, she practices. Yeah, so, yeah, dude, actually, Dan, yeah, several yeah. messengers, you know, went a little bit more on the, the higher, higher side yeah. of, you know, making shit happen. No, you know? she was great, and I remember she lived right around the corner when we had the place on Crocker. That's right, she so. did. She li- She had that house on the corner. She had the whole upstairs. Yeah. And her house was fucking... I mean, she it ran it, but it was sick, though, yeah. dude. She had some cool parties there, I remember. Yeah. But that's a, whim- a woman, too. Like, a woman always can run a house better than a man. I, I still believe <laughs> that. You know, no messenger ever had a house like that but Ashtray's. But. That's right, because I... 
Actually, I lived down the street from her. I lived on Joanny, which is okay. like I think it's like two yeah. two blocks, three blocks away from from there, because she lived right there off a of kind of West Gray and Taft, and then you just pass Studemont. Joanny was like the third street, so yeah, she was probably like a half a mile maybe from me, a quarter mile. So, but yeah, I remember you used to live off a of Crockett. Uh, Crocker, yeah. Crocker. I had that place with uh, Eva Who? Twin and, yeah. uh, and James, um, I can't remember his nickname. Benitez? No, was his, it? it was James Forstall, but I can't remember his his courier name. Alias? Oh, oh, fuck. But you know, to go back, nobody's ever given me a nickname. They tried. That's what I'm saying. Tried. I like. Well, I, tried. I, I I always introduce people like everyone had a nickname. So you're actually only like the second person that I've interviewed that I couldn't get a, a, a alias for as a courier because we just thought JB was just like short for John Booster or something. Well, you know? and how do you shorten it? You know, like... just John and then the B boot. You know, or John Ball or whatever. You yeah. know, but no, your birth certificate actually says JB. That's it. Wow, there has to be some significance, though, dude. Come on, like your family, no, great pappy or some. Or I great, think a great... mom and dad that didn't really get along that well. So I'm calling him J. I'm calling him B. Let's call him <laughs> JB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. I like it. Man, that's awesome, dude. Like I, like I said, when I first met you, like JB, and I was like, oh, JB, that must be short for your first name and last name, or first name, middle name. But you know, no. It's actually your fucking name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it works if I take a case, like in some of the smaller counties, you know, I could walk in, well, your honor, you know, my name's J.B. Bobbitt. <laughs> hey, dude, you know I got to ask you, because I know, hold on, I'm going to turn that AC up a little bit, hold on, but I, actually, here's the question. I know you answer, or just tell me what, I know you got so much slack from the whole Lorena Bobbitt thing oh, with the God. same last name. Brutal. Go ahead, tell me, tell tell so I was in, when that happened, I was in like maybe seventh, eighth grade, going into high school at Lamar. And so I went from a school of like where my mom taught that was like same 300 kids at the, the total school was 300 kids, same 30 kids in my class from kindergarten into Lamar. And it was a lot of ball busting. Man, they were brutal. Dude, I bet you got your ass handed. <laughs> oh dude. my like, gosh, all the time. Oh, it's JB Dick Dickless JB. Oh Bob. my gosh, you know. <laughs> so I got I got a lot of, I, but you know what? Like everything in life, it helps you. You you got to learn from it. And I built some very thick skin over through through those years. True. And, and then you learned it, you know, because you can't fight the world, you know. And uh, so so then I just got to I'd learned to, you know, just give it back and. Uh, yeah, also, I mean, that can build, like, a type of, like, encouragement, you know, energy within yourself because, you know, you've been fucked with so much. You'd be like, oh, man, whatever, that's old. or oh, You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're just oh, like, yeah. it's, it's old, you know? Like, that's why I had to ask. But you're like, Well, oh. you know, yeah, eventually I'd be like, that's the best you got, you know? And then i just go start hammering them with, like, you know, look at you. Oh, boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, boom. just yeah. ranking on each other. <laughs> So wait, you were at Lanier or Lamar? At Lamar. Oh, at like ninth, tenth grade or something. Yeah, and then I dude, got dude. That's when that happened because I remember. Yeah, I was well. It was in middle school, but you know, even to okay. this day, people did are like. Did you go to Bobbitt? Lanier though? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. I grew up in the neighborhood, um, but we we lived near Shepherd West Gray, uh-huh. growing up, and then, but I was on the wrong side of Shepherd. I talked to my mom about that, <laughs> like. He really he needed to the be the wrong side of Shepherd. I really wish I was on that other side. 
born on that other side. But um, the uh, I didn't even know we had a rent house, and I didn't even know that it was a rent house until I was in college. There about really? you know I remember being like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you got to move. <laughs> So, so wait, Shepherd and West Gray? Yeah. My mom got a really great deal with this guy. I think guy. that's like River Oaks, isn't it? it it's on the other yeah, side yeah, of River, River Oaks. One, yeah. block, one yeah. block off. Yeah. But, but gonna, that's where you grew up, though? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm going to tell you something. I learned a lot about having the right zip code because it was on my ID was Brentwood Street. Mm-hmm. And there's one block that is not in River Oaks of Brentwood. And so if we got stopped by the police in high school, which maybe it happened a hundred times, I don't, maybe it happened five, <clears throat> but the uh, the cops would be like, what are you doing out here, boy? You need to get home. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, sir. <laughs> so thank, thankfully for Brentwood. Wow, dude. Uh, yeah, actually, I mean, I grew up not too far from here, 45 in Gulf Bank, but uh, my whole childhood, you know, I grew up there. And, I mean, I just remember being a teenager going in, you know, that whole River Oaks, Montrose, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19. Like, I spent a lot of time. In, yeah. And then when I became a messenger right at right at 21, I moved down there, you know. Yeah. I lived off of Shepherd, I lived off of Joanne. I lived in, off the Heights, Heights Boulevard. Like, you know, I wanted to live close to work so I could ride back and forth. And, uh yeah, that, I mean, I get it. I've seen the change, you know, the yeah. whole fucking eminent domain as well. You know, a lot of houses got torn down and new buildings put up and like... It's all know, gone yeah, now. it's all gone, dude. The only houses that exist really are the houses on Heights Boulevard, really. They've been yeah. renovated to where they look like they were when they were... But everything else, like, you know, it's just like stack them up. Put them together, squeeze them in, you know. And when I was a kid, and like Montrose was, it was only two things oh, in yeah. Montrose, and everybody knew it. It was Greeks and gays, and that was Montrose. That was and it. now it's like I don't even recognize it. You're right, you know? dude. There's, I every, I mean, I don't that I spend time out there now, but I've driven through there, and I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Like, I used to hang out here and hang out there, hang out over here, and like, some of that shit's not even there anymore. Mm-mm. You know, none of it. But yeah, it's it's amazing how the, all that happened, and um, I mean, you know, it's changed. Northside's still holding it down over here. Though. They are, you, mm-hmm. hey, you know where. I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> they are, they are, and uh, like not too far from here is Acres Home, mm-hmm. and like they're holding it down over there too. They're starting to build new houses all over that place too. Oh yeah. But they're just they're they're doing the same thing. They're making them small and they're stacking them up high. And I'm like, man, Acres Home already. So. I don't know. I mean, they, you know, I, I, a lot of the work I do, I work with a lot of, like, foster kids, and, and so I have to go see the homes or go visit the family homes. So I see all these neighborhoods, and I go to, you know, You go to Fifth Ward, Third Ward, South Side. Yeah. Okay, matters. so, all right, so tell us, how long have you been an attorney now, dude? Over 10 years. So. Get the heck out of here, yeah, dude. Yeah, too long. Damn, so, JB. This, yeah. Okay, because I remember seeing you in downtown... A couple times. I already had left downtown, but I was down there you doing... You never left downtown. <laughs> you <know>. never left. <laughs> That's why I was still doing this podcast, right? <laughs> My heart is still there, so... But, yeah, I remember seeing you in downtown a couple times at the family law or at the courthouse, and... Uh, Let yeah, me ask dude. you a question. Do you remember seeing me in front of the George R. Brown running your gold sprints? 
At the George R. Brown convention? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah dude. I great. remember that was during the Moonlight Ramble. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, fuck. That had to be like 2003 or 2002. Something like that, yeah. Because I, I started Gold Sprints in 2001, and I built all that shit out of wood, and then I went and did the George R. Brown at the Moonlight Ramble. I think that was like 2000. I wasn't even married yet, I think. So it had to be like 2003, oh. I think. I think. It makes me feel old because I thought it was, I didn't think it was that long ago. Oh my gosh. Maybe because Kavanaugh was there. Do you know Kavanaugh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was there and he didn't get downtown until like 2005. It might have been mid 2000s, maybe 2006 because he showed up and he raced too. But I remember, yeah. Yeah. That, damn, damn, dude. Well, you've been the hub for this. For all of us, you know, for so long now, kind of, you run the Facebook page? Yeah. Well, I don't do the Courier Scum page. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think Butch does that. Okay. Uh, I just do the Humidity page, but I link, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, I, I'm always posting on the, the Courier Scum page, though, too. But that's, like, open for all, you know, ex-couriers and yeah. couriers and there's some people on there post some funny ass shit, dude. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Still, yes. and every now and then you'll see a photo from like back in the day, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Like I, I forgot know. about that, you know? Oh my gosh! But um, yeah, I mean, I remember. Um, I don't remember whose house it was. Do you remember that party? There was a party where. We had so many of so them. So many. Dude. I DJ'd your, one of your parties yes. at your house. <laughs> <laughs> that, that shit was off the chain, it dude. It was out of control. It was. I made 500 jello shots. I remember it. I remember, dude, because I was DJing, and like there, I had my turntables up and spinning, and like there was jello shot cups all over my shit, dude. <laughs> People were yeah. just like placing them all over the oh place. Oh, my God. Like, God damn. Yeah, I remember, and I remember we were riding bikes down the stairwell of that duplex, mm-hmm. and we were trying to like, I don't know how it happened. It was upstairs. Yeah, you it lived was upstairs. upstairs, and you had like a balcony up there. Yeah, too. and the lady that lived downstairs shot at us. Oh like, either shit! Either that night no, or another night. Man, I don't think it was that. I would have remembered that shit if like a bullet would have came flying through. Yeah, she. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's what it was. We had come home one night, and like she got real upset. She obviously she didn't want to live below three messengers, so uh, she came out with the gun and she popped off some rounds and. I remember I was in the back of the line going up the stairs, and I saw her come out with the gun, and I was just, I was all of a sudden inside before Twin or anybody else got. <laughs> wow, but, dude. But, yeah, um, those parties It might have been that night, dude. Uh, I don't know, because, like, I was DJing, but at the same time I was drinking my ass off. So, yeah. like, I don't even know what, I mean, I. Okay, so back then I was a, just a total hip-hop DJ. Like, that's all no, I had. No, used to put like, it down. I mean, Dude, that's all I had. I didn't have, like, any house music. I didn't have any, like, trance music. I didn't have any jungle music. All I had was strict. I was in a record pool uh, with 97.9 The Box. Like, I knew some DJs that were in that record pool, too. So they gave me all the newest shit. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, paid, I think I paid something like $50 a month, and I just got buku albums and it was all like underground shit like shit from the east coast shit from the west coast south coast and like that's where all my music came from like i would do these messenger parties and i would fucking roll in with like 
I would say six to ten crates of music. Yeah, I and remember would only, you came in. And would only play at least one crate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if I if I would have just taken like one crate, I could have just did fine with that. Just threw a, a, an array of songs, but I had all my shit alphabetized. And I can you tell know. you, I remember exactly how much money I spent on that party. And so, and you, this is how messengers do it. I spent three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> That's pretty good, though, so, dude. Because you came through with the music, mm-hmm. and I was like, look, what do you need to have a good party? Mm-hmm. You got to have booze. Booze. Music. There was a keg and, there, yeah, and then so, people were bringing beer on So I got a keg. Uh-huh. Uh, back then, they were like 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So And then the rest went to liquor, and yeah. I got a, a big-ass bottle of Everclear <laughs> and made jello shots, and, and, that, and that was it. Didn't need anything else. And... Hey, wait, that was a Halloween party, right? Yeah, it's a, yes, it yes, was. And it's dude, almost, it, it was a Halloween party. Here we <laughs> are, dude, because I remember right. I invited some friends of mine that y'all didn't even know. They're like, what's popping? I was like, dude, there's a, a, a Halloween costume party here. I'm DJing. Come. And I remember some friends I went to high school with showed up. It was And there was pictures. Control. Oh, dude, I remember the pictures of... Oh, dude, yeah. I remember them now starting to come back. You know, if you... <laughs> It was a Halloween party. Yeah, I didn't get the deposit back for that <laughs> part. <laughs> no shit. Wow, but I do remember y'all lived there. Y'all lived on the second floor. Y'all had the whole upstairs, which had a balcony on the street of yeah. Crockett, right? Crockett? Crocker. Crocker Street. Yeah. That was off right... Uh, was it off of West Gray or West Dallas? It's West b- Dallas. Between, right off of Dallas, but between West Clay and Dallas. So, like... What's that uh, Reality Bites kind of neighborhood there? Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, damn. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. I know, hey, we're kind of jumping around, but go ahead and, and, and tell the listeners, like, man, you've been uh, an attorney now for 10 years, dude. Like, uh, tell us what goes on. What's the new age stuff that happens with attorneys in since all we were were bike messengers delivering all kinds of petitions, orders, Divorce decrees, you know, wills, probate, you know, all that stuff. Like, what do you do today as an attorney? So I do, I represent, uh, the majority of my business comes to to me through uh, representing foster parents, grandparents, um, moms, dads, people who are dealing with child abuse and neglect issues. And um, so it's pretty heavy duty stuff. I mean, it's very, very intense. Um, You know, I try to get away from it, but. You know, it's one of those things where I've, I'm, I guess I'm pretty good at it, and um, you're just down with it. You want to help someone's life change. Yeah, you know, I, I look at it like, I was thinking about it on the way here. Being a messenger in Houston back in those days when I was a kid, it was like, sort of like a family. Like everybody, as rough as a crowd as it was, people, and people would be, you know, they'd rib you a little bit, and but you know. There was boundaries, and people would take care of each other. You know, we'd have barbecues um, in front of Twins' house on Lubbock, and, you know, we'd all get together, and so make sure everybody eats, everybody has some beers, have a good time. Well, it's kind of like a family, and a broken family at that, and so I just, you know, I represent a lot of children that are CPS kids, some of them five years old, infants, some of them teenagers. Damn, infants? Mm-hmm. But they can't speak for themselves. Well, like... that's that's my job. So if, I re- if I'm appointed by the judge to represent them, then that's, that becomes my job. 
you know, so I, I, I got into that because of somebody I knew in college that was a professor that connected me with a lawyer that did the kind of work. And so my whole life, like, I went to high school at Foley's, college at U of H downtown, law school at South Texas College of Law downtown. And so, like, I've been, you know, and now I work downtown, you know, it's sort of uh, ever since I've been a messenger, just being in the, that square mile of downtown Houston. All right, let me ask you this question. Being a bike messenger, how much do you think that's helped you, like, be the attorney you are today like 10 percent, 20 percent with the knowledge of like the steps that we had to do to process all those orders and decrees and petitions and submissions and all that stuff i'd say it's it 100 percent helps i'd say it's you know 100 percent helps but like percent of of the knowledge that you learn and process the process of everything, the filing and how long you got to wait. And, you know, exactly. what is it? A divorce went from 60 days to what is it? 120 days now? No, it's still 60 for waiting. Oh, period. really? But during COVID, it was, I think they upped well, it. Well, yeah. Yeah, because everything was booked. But just understanding what it takes to get copies, how to get copies. I mean, I hire somebody to, to help me at the office and it's made, I get, I have a hard time understanding how they don't know because it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like second nature to me. I'm like, I'm just, you're like, how do you not know this? Go get the damn copies. <laughs> yeah. You know? How do you not know this? Um, yeah, I but, get it. I get know, it though. But, but yeah, that, I think that the pro understanding the process that, you know, the courthouse complex, um, is it's an organism, you know, and you gotta, you gotta be able to navigate it from the security. Cause they exactly. Can, the security there. Hey dude, they could delay time. You know, making that deadline. Well, back in the day when we had to get inside the courthouse. You know, you know what, what I don't don't like that's today is mm. I having to have parking. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I mean, really? I, I have to pay, you know, I've had a parking contract for years. I miss being able to just pull up, slap that U-lock on and go. But, I mean, that's why they hired us, too. Because mm -hmm. we were efficient like that. Like, we were, they didn't have to spend, send one of their, uh, okay, so I guess you remember... I'm sure you remember there were some guys in downtown that were like they worked for law firms like they yeah. were the, the the downtown law firm runner like yeah. they're the ones who did all the filings and the petitions so for the firm and that usually they got paid like a salary you know and and that's all they did you know yeah I, I remember quite a few of those guys dude but they would hang out with us still because they, they, they did would. exactly what we did. But yeah, but they still got a lot of shade from all of us. Yeah, so. I know, dude. They could have <laughs> rode a bike. Actually, there was a couple of them that rode bikes. I remember now. Like they just figured instead of walking from twelve twenty one McKinney to three hundred one Fannin, you know, it's like fuck. I'll ride a bike over there and get there in three quarters of the time. Well, you know, the connection between the messengers and the courthouse, like the softball games. I mean, I remember we played mm. softball games with. The clerks. The clerk's yes. office brought a softball team. I don't even know how that came about, but yeah. I remember those were great times. Okay, so actually let's 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 talk about that for a second. You you between you and the twins and Malcolm, mm -hmm. shout out to the twins, Malcolm. You guys You know you know that the quite a, quite go ahead. You know that good twin um, Doug just lost his wife. Yes, I saw that today, I can't believe dude. It. I was like, damn, I told him I send my condolences to yes. him, dude. I don't, I don't know what happened, but yeah. I don't either. I, I just pray for him. I mean, was, yeah. He, she was a very wonderful person, so. Yeah. I met her a couple times. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Doug, you know, shot, my heart goes out to you, dude. If you yeah. Hear this, so. Absolutely. Love you, Doug. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, I was tight with those, those boys. I mean, 
Dave was my roommate. Y'all were a clique. Like, you, Malcolm, Evil Twin. I think I... Didn't y'all all live off of Lubbock at one time? Or I might as well have, but <laughs> I was at least smart enough not to officially move in. Dude, because yeah. actually, I think it was Tim Bleaky, Malcolm, Evil Twin. Like, they all lived together Well, at they one had time. that house on State Street. You, on State Street, Oh, dude. my God. Oh, like, you walk in, there was a coffee table, and the coffee table was just full of these. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some pictures... Um, I, I actually I made it like one of the captions for humidity one time. Like I went over there and I took a picture of the coffee table. Like it was just full of sixteen ounce bush cans. Yeah, Stitcher lived there for a little while. Yeah, he did too. Rest in peace, Stitcher, rest, dude. Rest That's in right. Peace, so it, it was you, Malcolm, Stitcher, Evil Twin, Big Hungry. Yeah, like all y'all fools. Y'all were the team for the Courier Scum. Yeah, y'all were and. Uh, I mean, I remember Stitcher introduced me to, um, you know, who, who is it? Uh, DJ Premier and um, oh, Guru, hey. uh, you know, like he introduced me to all this stuff, man. He, hey, uh, we talked, I, I don't know who I was talking with on one episode, but um, Stitcher was a fucking, he knew so much about music, dude. Yes, he did. He was into hardcore reggae. He was hardcore hip hop. And just jam bands, all that. Like, yeah, dude, he turned me on to a bunch of music too. Yeah, you know, like I would. It's a damn shame what happened. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like, you know, it's a damn shame that you get a lot of credit because I know, at least from my side, what I see is you always kind of organize that Thanksgiving. Um, oh, the hangout. The hangout. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's me, and it's, you know, sometimes Medina will reach out to me or somebody. The Yeti will be in town. Andrew, little yeah. Drew, little Drew will be in town, and he'll be like, oh, "I'm in town for Thanksgiving." And I was like, "Let's do Stitch It Ride," you yeah. know. So, you know, Squirrel and yeah. Junebug. That's right. Yeti's another good one. That yeah. one I was. T- I mean, I, I, you know, love love that guy. You know, I've been up to New York and met up with him. He, he gave no me, shit. When was yeah, that, dude? Uh, man, a couple years ago. So, great story. Like, yeah. I went up to go watch the Yankees Astros play. Get out of here, dude. That dude like, gave me respite. Like, you know, let me spend the night at his house. Oh, awesome. So, always dude. appreciated. Yeah. You know, the, uh, yeah. Actually, he'll be down here uh, at the end of December. So, oh, we got to get together. I got an announcement to make at the end of this, and I'll say it, and you have to come. So, absolutely. You know, uh, but yeah, dude, that's awesome. When was that? That was 2000. That had to be like 2010. Oh, 10? Yeah, 2000. Was it a regular season game? No, it would have been. No, it would have been 2016 or 18, somewhere in there. I'd have to go look. So I don't know if we it was Yankees Astros, but I used to go every. It wasn't a playoff game, was it? It would have been in September because that's when I used to go. Mm -hmm. But, um, But yeah, I called him. I said, man, I'm coming up. And uh, he gave me a place to stay, nice little pad in Brooklyn. We, we, he took, nice. He actually took me to the best Chinese restaurant I've ever been in New York. No way, yes. dude. Yeah. Yeah, he took me to a Korean town restaurant. I was up there in 2016, mm. and I stayed with him there. Oh, my God, that was an experience I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, these great people. But I love it, dude. That dude's, um he... One of the, some of the biggest moment life changing events in my life, and that motherfucker was there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was, he was right there, like riding. We were all riding together in that moment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like things that changed my perspective in life, 
the Yeti was right there with me. Well, you know? I mean, he, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where we got lost here. <laughs> but, but yeah, you stayed there. Did the Astros even win? No. <laughs> uh, well, I was there. I went to Yankee Stadium to watch the Astros I, lo- lose all three in 2017. Um, it was yeah, it was 2017. They lost no. all three, but then they came back and won it. Oh yeah, they did the yeah. They came back and won the whole seven of that seven series. Yeah, yeah. We were all like, "Damn, no one believed it." You know what I'm saying? Oh, like incredible. we were just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, dude. That's funny because uh, look, okay. I'm sorry, we're going to interrupt this and talk a little Astros because JB showed up with his Astros hat. Yeah. I'm wearing my Astros hat. <laughs> and it is the season. Well, the Astros are going to the fucking World Series. Uh, Come no. on. Woo! I can't believe it. It's the best. It's the best. And you know, we're just banging that trash can. Because oh, it's God. a trash can that uh, we swept those Yankees into. Hey, you know. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, um, I'm not an Aaron Judge fan. Uh, uh, for those of y'all who like Aaron Judge, that's you. Uh, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm not a fan. I, I say this every time I say it. It's like, man, that that guy should just drop that bat and pick up a basketball. <laughs> what is he, like 6'6", six, 6'4"? Six, six, he's huge. He's huge. He's huge. His, his quad is, like, bigger than my whole body, dude. But, like, it was great. Like, when people were like, what do you want the, the Astros to play? And I was like, I want the Astros to play the Yankees. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I wanted this them to the, play the Yankees. So I was, yeah, yeah, I was just like, and then uh, my one of my clients was like, no, I don't want the, them to play the Yankees. I was like, no, dude. Just like, I want them to play the Yankees because I wanted to shut them get shut down, you know, or shut out. Yeah. But the best part of that is Aaron Judge took the last out. For the whole series. Oh yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I love the I love baseball, so I love the Yankees because it's just a great organization. But I hate but. the Yankees because they're just the Yankees. I mean, you know. Yeah, I've never been a fan of the Yankees. I mean, shout out to all my New York people, man. I'm sure you guys are hardcore Yankee <laughs> fans, but man, I'm I'm a South fan, and I've always been with the Astros. Yeah, you know, I, I I mean, I went to baseball games at the Astrodome before Minute Maid Park. Mike Scott, baby. yeah, win also too. Like you know, um, you know, when, being an Astros fan used to be hard. Yeah, it used to be real hard because yeah. there was a lot of sad years. Oh, a lot, dude, a lot, a lot, and and you know those Nolan Ryan days, dude. Like he was he was just hitting it, yeah. dude. Like hard, hard, yeah, hard. You see him today, he's probably like in his mid-70s now. I actually met him really? uh, at uh, Irma's downtown, which is... No shit. Know, I, I was at Irma's, and I looked behind me, I said, is that Nolan Ryan? Dude, he's so country, huh? Oh, my gosh. He's so country. I was so intimidated. I just remember being like, you know, let me get a selfie and get out of here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he is. I heard he's very stern. Like, you know, anything... He calls the shots. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no one telling him what. Hey, you remember what was that game? I don't remember the year or anything when he that fool rushed him and he grabbed that yeah, fool in the um, headlock. He just started punching that guy in the in the head. What was that? Like, v, what, I can't think of his last name now. Um, yeah. So he threw a, a ball. Did it hit him? I don't remember that. Yeah, but he he put the work on that. Ball oh, boy. dude, but that he was always... with the, he wasn't an Astro then. He was with the Rangers at that time. Oh, that's yeah. right, dude. I, I, you yeah. know, but he was with the Astros for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that he was with the Rangers then. Yeah, yeah you're right. 
But dude, he grabbed that. That dude came up to him. He just grabbed that fool in the headlock and just gave him the straight uppercuts. Right. But see, that's that's see, that's the thing though. Dallas tries to claim Nolan Ryan, but I'm like, dude, he was an Astro for like, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, he 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 put in the work down here. But, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for this World Series. These Philly fans are out of control. So. Man, you know what? I'm just going to call it. I mean, if the Astros, you know, did all this sweeping already, like, I think they're going to sweep them too, dude. I yeah, mean, what's your I, take? I think they will, dude. I think if they win, they're going to sweep. Yeah. I think if they don't sweep, it's going to be tough. I mean, Bryce Harper, I don't know. I'm not a Come I'm, on, man. I love the Astros. I just I just know we got to we got to have the energy to go in all the way. But what was it I, I heard earlier today? I uh, don't quote me on this, but they were like they they met several times this year, of course, and the Astros beat them so many times. But you know what, when we talk about downtown Houston, the Astros didn't ever win a World Series until they brought that stadium downtown. Okay. So, um and what was that stadium called before it was well, called? It was that Enron Field? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Minute Maid Park used to be called Enron Field. And I thought that was tight. You know, I was like, damn, it just sounds tight. Yeah. Enron Field. Yeah. You know? Minute Maid, when they say, man, I, you know, I think I, I'm not a not a real fan of a Minute Maid orange juice, you know? Yeah, would it have been the gas tank instead of the juice box? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. You know, yeah. but I, I don't know. I just love that big E and it said Enron Field. It yeah. just sounds cool you know, to me. No, to me. Great. That's my opinion. I think it sounds better than Minute Maid Park. So I'll tell you, since we're talking about the Astros, I have, a, I have two daughters. I've got a, a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. The first game, you know, this, this is a kind of a messenger vibe. You know, you always want to respect the people you meet. Wherever they come from, wherever they are at. You never know anyone's story. I mean, from like, I mean, I still remember and I still talk to some of the home, some of the same homeless people that were down there. No, you know, shit. I mean, I don't, you know, because Shitty Mary, (laughs) the judge, steak leg is gone. Tupaco, he died. Yeah, Yeah. steak leg died. He had to die. Yeah. He had no more legs. (laughs) Rest in peace. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I remember, uh, so the first time I took my daughter, my seven-year-old, to an Astros game was Mike Fires' no-hitter against the Dodgers. And I got those tickets at the dry clean, uh, not the dry cleaner, at the tailor. So uh-huh. I was taking my suits in to get them tailored. Uh-huh. And she, the lady goes, do you want to go to the Astros game tonight? And I was like, well, hell yeah. And at the time, I lived right on Second Ward on South Jensen. And I said, Sure. I didn't. I mean, it's section 122, right behind home plate. Well, you know, right behind first baseline, behind home plate, kind of. And I take my six-month-old daughter. I, I mean, she's six. Six months. months nah, dude, I go uh, on, dude. I Young. Didn't really, I didn't really. Hey, but st- hey, I see babies out there. Hey, nobody. I seen a woman breastfeeding someone that made me. Nobody made, made teaches part. you how to ride bikes as a messenger. No one teaches you how to be a dad. So I just learned the hard no, way. No, there's nothing. Hey, it, I don't see nothing wrong with that. So, so I hey, take her. She got her first taste of high vibe energy. Yeah, and we had to leave early because <laughs> she. I mean, it was out of control, loud in there, but. That but that I, was a no hitter, right? It was a no hitter, and it was Mike Fires who he's gone. You know, he left after that season, but he no hit the Dodgers. They the Astros since that time 
have made the playoffs every single, single. year. Yeah. So I, as I figure Edith is, you know, my daughter's name. I'm Dude, like, that's Edith's like got, a, you know, uh, how would you say, a fruition or like yeah. some type of like calling to like bring, you know, like, oh, no, I'm thinking Lion King when they put Mufasa yeah. up. Or <laughs> 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 right, no, I'm sorry. What's his name? The, is it Mufasa? When the monkey grabs him and he puts him into the sunlight, yeah. that's what you do with your baby. Huh? You're like, you grab your baby, you put him to the Astros God. Exactly, exactly. Like, ah, we're in the playoffs every yeah. year after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn, that's rad, though, dude. Yeah. And what year was that? Do you recall? I don't. Well, remember it would have been um, doing that. 20, 2015. And they have been in the playoffs ever since then, dude. Yeah, they have. Yeah. And well, 2015, 2016. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's right, because you say yeah. your daughter's, she's young. She's seven now, so yeah. the oldest. Yeah, you know, hey, you put a glove in her little hand and you held her. <laughs> <laughs> you baptized her, dude. Yeah. It was just like, ah, oh, angelic angels going, ah. Oh. She's never been to a losing game. Are you kidding me, no, dude? No, anytime I take her. So, you know, anybody wants to give us tickets, we're, we're good to go. You hey, know. ladies and gentlemen, if you hear this, give J.B. Bobba some tickets we'll to the her, World Series her, so he yeah. can take his daughter. They're going to automatically <laughs> win, dude. <laughs> dude, that's rad. Yeah. All right. So, there you go, guys. We just did our, our little Astros. We had to, like, interrupt the scene because I've, I've been talking Astros. I mean... I went to, like, maybe the third to the fourth game before the season ended. They lost a Verlander pitch, but, dude, they whooped his ass, boy. Like, they, they hit a bunch of hits on him. I was like, God damn. But had a good time. I went with some friends from high school. Nice. You know, we drank some beers and, you know, had a really great time. And, but they lost. But, you know, look where they're at now. I know. They're going to the World I Series. Know. Oh, my God. But this will be the fourth time in six years that they've made it to the World Series. That that says a lot, dude. Yeah. Like, that's prime time. Yeah. Like, I heard something on the radio earlier. They had Altuve interview. I'm sure you heard this, but, like, he's like, Houston's my second home. I want to stay here. I want to retire here. I was like, damn. I was like. He's young. How old is Oh, you haven't heard that? Yeah. um, I I listen to the radio all day. Has he never been anywhere else? Because there's some beautiful places, you know. Okay. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And Venezuela is a beautiful place, too. Like, I mean, I've I've had some clients from there, and they told me, they showed me pictures, but, you know, the economy and the government is just a little different. So that's why they're here. (laughs) Yeah. So, but like, Altuve, this is this. All right, I'm still going Astros. This is one thing about Altuve. Like I saw his his documentary. Have you ever seen his documentary? I haven't. Oh God, dude. The guy is amazing. I feel, I'm feeling like an Astros fan right now. But I think that I, I've seen a full documentary and then like a short documentary. Like he came to the Astros and tried out for them, and the Astros said, "Go home, go home, kid." And he kept practicing and practicing and practicing. And he came back and he tried again. And they, you know, that's almost like, okay. I mean, look, the guy, there's no question when you look at him, he shouldn't be playing baseball. Dude, he's like 5'5 or 5'6. He's 5'6. I got, I quit playing baseball because I remember my coach at one point being like, you're too short for first base. And I love playing first base. Mm -hmm. And he's probably right. 
But then I see Altuve. I mean, what an inspiration, you know? Oh, of course. Like, size don't... It was that Ghetto Boy song, Size Don't Mean Shit or something like yeah. that? Like, Bushwick Bill, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> That's Altuve's theme song, you know? Sizing... Or I forgot how that song went, but... Yeah. That's Altuve all the way. But he said yesterday, uh, like, it t- in an interview, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere else. He goes, I, w- I want to retire an Astro. Yeah. And this is a team that denied him. He could have said, if he had a bad attitude... He should have said, fuck you, I don't want to play for you. If you don't want me to play for you, if he was a cocky, arrogant motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that happens a lot with people. Like Every the, day. Every day, their ego gets too damn big. They're like, oh, you don't want me to play for you? Fuck you, I'll go to some other team, or go to some other firm, or go to some other company, or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like many, uh, many a bike messenger has had that mentality with their oh, company. Oh, you're like, absolutely you know? right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can name a whole bunch of guys, but I, I, I don't need there. this, I don't yeah, need, I don't I need Roadrunner, yeah. I don't need A&W, like, oh, man. All right, all right okay, all right, now let's, we're at the 52-minute mark. You got some time? I mean, we're, we're good? Okay. I got some time. So. You know, I'm sorry we're jumping around, but now we're, we're going to take it back. So, JB, you started in 97. You worked for Hot Shot. And then from there, you went to the... Um, I went to A&W. A&W. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't mention that earlier. Yeah, I did it. Hot Shot, A&W. I did um, uh, Houston Couriers for a little bit. Mm. With, um what was those guys? I oh, damn, I'm sorry. They just slipped my mind. Man, those two was, guys. It was the two guys. It was two white guys. They started that company. They were the Mark. Mer- Mark, I and think it was. maybe Luke, but I can't remember. They wore the burgundy shirts. That's right. Yeah, That's right. I remember that. They paid pretty good. They um, were salary, though, right? No, no. Oh, they were commissioned? No, they were commissioned. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I remember, but A&W, because I think I went to them after A&W, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I remember. I remember I could make good money as riding bikes, and the secret was I got up in the morning. You know, like that was really the key. Was that I like seven in the morning? I would always answer the radio. Yeah. And I remember the distance. Was it a radio like this or like exactly? A, a two? No, no I had way, that dude. Radio. You had a Motorola yeah, just like yeah. that, dude. That shit was the shit. No, dude. it was the best. It was better than that Nextel. Remember the like Nextel? This Nextel? This no, one? I remember the the, I other had the, one? the brick Nextel. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came after this. Yeah, yeah. No, I never had that Motorola like that. Yeah. But no, I had that. Yeah, you know, dude, that oh, hey, that, was, that shit was tight. I'll, uh, I'll tell you. I shit. still have my tag junkie, you know, like yeah. my big old bag. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I have a whole memorial in my garage. No way. Well, it's not really a memorial, but it's I have a little bike messenger corner because I, you know what, I've always felt like even though I'm a lawyer, ten years in, I've al- I always felt like you know what, if nothing else, I could go back and ride bikes. Yeah, you, can't, I, if, you can't now though. <laughs> well, I know I'm. I'm but in my mind, like, yeah. well, I could go deliver Uber or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but it was a it was a respite. You know, it was a it was a community. It felt felt like family to me. You're right. We we were a tight unit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm it saying? Was. And a lot. Of- I mean, there were some mean ass motherfuckers down there, but they but they've helped you build thick skin. You know, and nobody would really put you out. I mean. 
I, I still remember all those days as, as some of the greatest times. I mean, absolutely outstanding. The softball games, I have this picture of me, Evil Twin, and I think it was James <laughs> on the top of um, – It's on. we're on the top of um, the hospital. What was that hospital? In downtown? No, on Allen Parkway. Right oh, the- yeah, before they tore it down. Yeah. Um, um, damn, that hospital was haunted, apparently. Yeah, well, we would go in there after the... We, we went up there. It was closed down for a long time. They they tore... It was right by Stitchard Park. Yes. Um, uh, damn, I'm sorry. I forgot the name, dude. Yeah, well, we were up there, and I have this great picture with the sun setting over downtown Skyline. I think I've seen that picture yeah. before, dude. Now yeah. you brought it up, like the Skyline. And it's a fun, it's a great, it's a picture that was taken with a snap, snap camera. Yeah. And, um, my now ex-wife was, you know, climbed up there with us, and she was like, are y'all crazy? I was like, yeah, we're, we're just going up here. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> Wait. You used to date this girl. Ada. Ada. Good, good lady. You know, we just we didn't work out. Okay, so. you never married her though. Uh, I did. Oh, I did. Okay. and I divorced her. Oh, you but no this? kids with her. No kids. Oh, okay. No kids. Okay. The first legal pleading I ever filed my name to, signed my name to, was my divorce from her. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm still in law school, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm still close with her family. Mm. So. But why are they in law or something? No, no, just because that's the way I am, you know. That, hey, that's that's good, you know. Like I, I'm divorced and I still talk to my in laws. You, can't get you rid know, of them. you can't get rid of them once you're married. Once you're in, once you're in, <laughs> once you're in, you're in. He said, "Once you, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You're right. Yep. Hey, um, I mean, you will always be in." You'll always be in, like, like. That's kind of like being. A, I mean, that's it's like being a messenger. That, but that's like why we're family. sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we never skipped a beat. And no. Be, uh, like JB, like I mean, I saw you maybe like twice in the last ten years, maybe. No. But then prior to that, I didn't, I didn't see you for a long time. But like we used to kick it hard at the softball Big games, time. working every day as a bike messenger, and all those parties. And I remember starting up those um, critical mass rides. You know, there wasn't anything like it is today it was it was like it was okay. like 15 of us this is a good a good story i i've said this story a couple times on the podcast with people please give me your interpretation of the critical mass that had to be like 1999 maybe 2000 2000 because it, okay. it wasn't tell, happening at first tell us the first of the houston critical mass because like a lot of people don't know this they just think like Okay. Oh, it started in 2012 or like 2010, you know? Okay. What I'm, do you know about this? Because I want to hear your perspective. I I remember seeing the first big critical mass ride a couple years, you know, 10 years ago or so, because now they're huge. And I remember being like, what is that? And someone was like, critical mass. And I remember thinking back going, wait a <laughs> second. Hold on. That's some bullshit. Because <laughs> I remember, like, I would go to work. In the morning, like 7 in the morning, and I would try to hit 25 runs in a day. You know, easy to make my money. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I'd catch up with people in between, but I was trying to hit my 25 to make my money. And then I remember, like, somebody was like, hey, it's Friday. We're doing, we're doing critical mass, and so we're going to go ride. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. You know, like, I'd grab a beer, whatever. And we're just get on Smith Street 
or wherever. That's where we start. We start at Tranquility Park. Yeah, and we just block traffic. Yeah. And it would be, like, aggressively violating traffic laws and blocking traffic, people trying to run us. And it was, like, 20 of us. At the most. Yes. Maybe 15. You said 15 earlier, and I was like, well, yeah, that sounds about right, 15. Yeah. But But 20 would maybe be the most. But we'd be, like... Fuck you, <laughs> you know, like sticking the middle finger at drivers and just riding across the lanes back and forth, swerving, just like crazy, crazy shit that I would not admit to, but happened. And I I just remember being like, we're going to die. Like someone is going to just run us over and like the, people would like try to get past us and we would just swerve a bike in front of them. But what we were doing, I thought at the time, was really important because people back nowadays, people respect bikes. Uh, even in Houston, they don't really. But you, at the time, they just fuck. OK, bicycles. do you remember that was the year of the SUV, like the era yes. of the SUV, the like Ford Explorer, like the Explorer, the Expedition, yeah. you know, um, just anything that was SUV. Like yeah. People. I remember riding all over Houston, people were like. Why are you riding a bike all over Houston? And I was like, because I just I like to ride and I get in places. Like, why are you riding an SUV? Because I There's... can't afford a car, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was my excuse. <laughs> Actually, I had a bunch of Volkswagens. Well, so yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. They were all old as shit, anyways. But I mean, I always had a Volkswagen or a couple. But uh, you know, my thing was like. Why are you riding an SUV? There's no, like, terrain over here to ride an SUV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sports utility vehicle. Houston is flatter than shit for 100 miles radius at least. At least all the way down to Galveston to Surfside, uh, freaking Huntsville, 50 miles out to Brenham. It's flat. Yeah. It's flat. Why do you need an SUV in, in Houston? Yeah. I mean... You know, I, I just remember those days, and I and I love thinking about those days when I see Critical Mass now, and I'm in my car, and they're stopping me from getting where I want to go. Hey, how do, how do you feel about that, dude? I let it go, because just, I'm like, you know what? I was a part of that, I, I before it, what it was yeah. today. And I see people, and you know what? They're just having a great time, and I just... They are. You know what? People are having a good time. Some of them get a little out of line, but we were, too. What would you yeah, say? We were, we're riding side to side, trying to yeah. cut off traffic. Let me say, I'm not going to get into that pot kettle situation. I pot caught the kettle black. No way. I've, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been like on the tip of my tongue, but just let it go, because they're sending a message, and it's a good message, you know? You're right. Because... If it if it weren't for those, I mean, what is it? The earning wheel, the, the turning turn wheel, wheel is a earning wheel. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. That was the Timbuktu slogan. Mm-hmm. And person. what? It, and like speaking of just wheels, what an inspiration you and Tim are going on your trip. I wanted to go so bad, but you know, I got my personal issues kept me from going this time. But I'm not. I'm not going to be counted out next summer if y'all go. <laughs> you know, we got back from Europe, and Tim's all like. I'm trying to figure out what we're doing next year. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, dude, no, I can't, dude. Like, I don't even know if I'll be in Houston, you know. But who? I don't have to be in Houston. Yeah, you will. You, you know are Houston. <laughs> you are Houston. Houston's you. I was born and raised here, dude, you know, my whole life. I don't know. It's kind of strange. I, You know, I tell people, like, as as ignorant 
as I was to thinking Houston was the world until I got on my first plane when I was 18 and then went to my first championship messenger championship at like 22 and I was just like what the fuck there's other fucking societies <laughs> out here you know what I'm yeah. saying like I was living in a bubble you know yeah so and then I start traveling the world and I was like what the fuck dude it's like this is where it's at you know what I'm saying like yeah. culture lifestyle you know language you know they barriers keep, they keep talking about people moving to Houston and I'm like why, why? <laughs> what are you doing you know you're right, and and um, you know, to each his own. You know, like maybe some foreigner might appreciate coming to Houston because of the opportunity. You know, the college, colleges here, diversity here. Yeah. You know, like that plays a huge factor in just Houston. Period. You know, I think it's a great point because they people talk about diversity and all this stuff, but I remember being downtown, and it didn't matter where you were from. I mean, I You're remember, right. you know, it didn't matter. Nobody, that was never an issue for nobody. I mean. You're right. It absolutely wasn't. Like, we were, there was Latinos, white people, black people, like, you know. Everybody. Everybody was ever, you know. I mean, I mean, I remember, like, the only time somebody would get judged is if they didn't have respect for the job. Like, I remember this girl. I don't know if you remember this. She came down there. And she would ride with her helmet on the on like the top of her head, like so the crown of her head was exposed. And we were like, "Hey, like," she, and she's riding around. She doesn't what have. Was her, her, I, think I can't I remember her, her name, her, but dude. I remember watching her. She rides across Travis from the tower. We were all sitting out there, and she got plowed into by like a Camry and went up in the air. Oh, I think I remember. And this hit her dude. head bad. She was wearing a helmet though. She was wearing a helmet, but she had it all wrong. And so she came up with a big softball on her forehead. Never saw her again. Don't know what happened. Dude, I think I remember that, dude. But that was the only time anybody would get judged by couriers, by messengers, was if they didn't respect the job. They came down there thinking, like, I can do this job, and they didn't respect that it's dangerous. It takes some diligence. Uh, You know, before you can act like a damn fool, you got to at least respect the playground. Yeah, you're right, dude. Uh, it was a, it was a jungle. Like it a, was. It was an absolute concrete jungle. I think you left right before the metro rail got built. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so during the metro rail, before the like downtown was being reconstructed, all the streets were getting redone before the metro rail started. Yeah, I was down rail. there while they were starting all that. Yeah, but. and like they would like most, you know, it was uh how do you say it, um, vertical, horizontal, yeah, kind of, you know. But the way they rebuilt all the streets when we were down there, they did half at a time. Like, they built one half, two lanes. They had it all. So everything went down to two lanes. And then they, once they got done one side, then they flipped to the other side. And they wanted to get all, I remember this clearly. Like, they wanted to get all of the streets around the metro rail done first and then they hit the metro rail in 2002 well it might have been like 2000 because it opened in 2002 yeah yeah it was the time when the texans came in yeah texans fan dude 
Not anymore. No, <laughs> I just can't. I can't do it. After the last game they played against the Raiders, no. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, I can't pretend. I, I would love for Houston to have, but I'm. A, I mean, I still have my Oilers cap. I I yeah. am pissed off because the Oilers. I'm still bitter. Yeah. That the Oilers left Houston. I mean, and then they left, and then they won the Super Bowl the next year. Yep. Yeah. It's it's can't. I just can't get behind. Um, I can't get, get behind the Texans. I, I want to, but God, you know, let me cheers you to that, yeah. dude. Because, for the you record, um, I've tried so hard to get behind the Texans. No, been to some game, been to some games. You know, I went to one game. I was telling somebody this earlier today. I went to a Texans game, and I was like, I'll never go back to a Texans game. No. I had a not. I mean, it was just a. a I had bad a gig. Time. I had a gig for years where, when I was in college, where I would run a marketing team, that we had the promotion for a cell phone company at the Texans games, and so I had I could go to all the games. Tight. It was great. It was a great time. All the energy, you know. Yeah, watching, just all pumped just, up. Oh, Everything's working. Everyone's pumped because, yeah. like, oh, there's Texans, you know. No wins. No, no wins. No. You're still pumped. Yeah. You know? Like, new football <laughs> team. That's what I don't get. Like, no, I don't understand. But, you know, the, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, but. Super Bowl, what was it, 2004, when it was Patriots, Carolina. That oh, downtown was so my, crazy. Hey, downtown didn't expect what was to happen that night. Mm-mm. I was in downtown that It was me too. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely, it was absolutely insane though. Yes. Like people well, could have yeah. died. I think because, somebody, like, I think was, a couple people got shot, but No, but there were like so many people like walking through the streets of Main Street and Main Street had just been reconstructed. The Metro Rail was there. Dude, no, they didn't they didn't expect that many people to show up for that no. event. So I just I, I I just got with Nikki and um, we went down there. It was like 2004, right? So here's a question for you. Go ahead. Was two was well, that was 2004? I think. I think it was. Yeah. It was 2004 Super Bowl in downtown, in Houston? Was that more hype? I mean, Houston wasn't even in the Super Bowl, but it was you know. No, they weren't, but. That was Carolina or, or, and the Patriots. Or Rocket, Tom Brady. Or 93, 94, like Rockets on Richmond sweeping. Oh, I was which there. Was more, which I was, was there. Me too. Dude. I snuck out of my mama's house. Hey, so wait. <laughs> which was more hype? Which was all right, more all right, hype? Hold on, hold on. This is what I really want to ask you because there's an age difference between me and you. You're, yeah. You're 41? 42. 42. I'm 47. So I'm five years older than you, dude. Yeah. I was 18 years old or 19 when the Rockets won. I was 19 when the Rockets won their first championship. So okay. five years, you were like 14, 15. Yeah, snuck out but of my were... mom's house with a broom, <laughs> went down to Richmond <laughs> on they, my bike. <laughs> when they swept the Orlando Magic, dude. Yes. Dude, so that, that whole broom thing's about to come up hard with the Astros yes. being in the World Series because they swept the last two teams. I just hope people bring a trash can because they, they accused us of all this banging dumpsters and bullshit. I was at those games in in Houston w- against the Yankees. When that happened, and it was so fucking loud in there. I just still I know what they said. I know what they. I'm sorry. It's baseball. I don't buy it. And the Yankees. There was so much noise in there. It was you know so what I'm saying? fucking loud. It was so I have loud. Videos on my phone. It's so loud, like deafening, because because we were so hyped. Just. It didn't matter what was going on on the field. People were just... Anyway, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, but I would love it. Bring those brooms out. We swept them. My next several posts are going to have brooms in them. <laughs> yes. Because I... I oh, 100. Sorry, we re- reverted back to the Astros well, how again. Can you not? I know. How could you not? Six years. How could row? you not? The Astros are in the World Series, guys. Like this is like, you motherfuckers. Twenty years from now, are gonna play this tape if you do, and you're gonna hear this podcast, and we're gonna talk about some real history with the Houston fucking Astros. Yeah, and they can't. And Ash and the Yankees can't be like, oh, they cheated. They, they, <laughs> no, they can't bull- play that bullshit. You got swept, ho. No. No, I mean, I mean, and they, they, you know, ESPN wants to post about Aaron Judge's home run records. What a great season they had. Go fuck yourself. No, go fuck yourself. That's why I said the best moment of that sweep was Aaron Judge hit that ball and they got him out. And yeah. I was like, you ended that series for them. Yep. Done. Aaron Judge. And done. You yep. didn't hit a home run. No. He could have hit a home run and tied the game. Actually, they would have went up because they had a man on base. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, where is the ride next summer? Oh, yeah, because you called. We talked about that. Okay, so, JB, like, hit me up. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was too fat. I'm 50 pounds down. Dude, I could see that. I'm 50 pounds when down. When you got out of your car, I was like, I almost said that. And I was like, let's go to the store. I was like, JB, I think you lost some weight, dog. Yeah. So, what did you do? Just being aware of what I eat, good, and riding the bike again. You yeah, because yeah, you called me maybe like a year ago, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Hey, man, like I'm trying to, you know, get in." I've been trying, but now I'm ready, and uh, you know, getting my life organized to take the time off from my kids to go and do something. And some your kids real are riding. a little older, you know, they're not infants, yeah. you know, so they can stay with mama or grandparents, maybe. Well, they know. could appreciate like, well, my dad is, you know, riding. Somewhere. You know, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Got to talk to Tim about that. Yeah. Because I said this in all the podcasts that we've done. All these rides, Colorado, California, Europe, it's all Tim's fucking idea. I just went along for the ride, dude. <laughs> like, and, you know, I was like, no research, I didn't look anything up. I didn't. We didn't book anything in advance. Like, oh, we're gonna stay here this day and stay here the next day, like most people do when they travel. No, we get to a little bitty BFE town. We gotta find somewhere to stay. Like, look raw. it up. That's raw. It was tough. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it really separates the men from the boys. Yeah. Or the girls from the girl, the women from the girls. I just remember being so inspired watching y'all ride to Fort Collins because my family's from Colorado Springs. No shit? Yeah. Yeah, we, we stayed there one night. Colorado Springs was tight. What college is there? Uh, well, there's Colorado College mm-hmm. what in else, downtown. Um, I, I think that's the one. Think, Colorado, yeah, yeah, Colorado College is in downtown Colorado Springs. My grandmother's lived there since the 40s. Get the heck out of here, Yeah, my, dude. my grandmother was a wave, a Navy wave. So mm-hmm. when the women in... Uh, Wait, what, did, what the heck is that? The, she was a second class of Navy waves. So like the women in the Navy, when they let women in the military, that my grandmother was the second year they did that. Get the, the heck class. out of here, dude. Mm-hmm. What? She met, yeah, she met my grandfather in the Navy. He was on the Yorktown, you know, so it's kind of a, you know, my grandmother's 100 years old this year. 
So she lives in Colorado Springs. And but I, she was from France. What's that? She was from France. Well, she's born in France. Yeah. In Limoges. Hey, wait, you got to say it right. In Fr- France. Yeah. And in what city? In Limoges. 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 Le- Limoges. I'll never get it right. <laughs> You did pretty good there, yeah, I thought, Limor- dude. Limor- dude, we talked about this. Yeah. No, I wanted to You were go. supposed to come with us, I know. I was bitch. supposed to go. I was supposed to go, and it fucked. I just, my my life couldn't get organized enough to get out there because I wanted to ride that ride with you and Tim to to sort of pay my respects to her and hit Limoges and say, like, look, Grandma, we, because her mother went. She still speaks French? Probably, but she did not teach it to anybody in the family. She didn't teach it to us. Because she was like, look, you're American now. But the, anyway, so yeah, she, and she's, you know, you know how she made a hundred is because she's just mean as it can be. <laughs> Except to me. She's, you know, she loves me. That was great. You know how she made a hundred? She's as mean as it can be. <laughs> I'm convinced that that's the secret to long life. It's really? Like the mean motherfuckers live forever. You know, and I, I Billy Joe wrote a song, The Good Die Young. Yeah. You know what no, I'm saying? Like, if you're good, you're going to die young. You yeah. know? So, yeah. if you're doing bad, you're going to live forever, have right? You, have you... Look at the good messengers that aren't with us anymore, and the salty motherfuckers. They're, you're absolutely they're right. They're going to live forever. You're right. And those salty... We all know who the salty <laughs> motherfuckers are. <laughs> yep. We all know who those salty motherfuckers are. Yes. Yes. And but I, I, I get it. You know? Yeah. And... But to reiterate all that, the good die young to serve a message for someone else to prosper or, you know what I'm saying? Or someone to learn a lesson to be like, man, this guy, I mean, he was trying to show everyone else who he was, but just people, you know, other people just didn't connect. Yeah. You know, with that. Well, I don't know. I mean... We're here to talk about, you know, bike messenger shit. Look at how you've connected it. I mean, you've been, I know, I mean, I don't talk to you about this. I've not talked to you about this shit at all. But I know you've been to Japan. No, I didn't. I was supposed to oh. go for the Olympics, but they COVID oh, fucked it up. Oh, you fucked it up. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't. But where no all one have you go. been? You've been all over the world for as a messenger. Yeah. And here you run a podcast. like, And you're, you're the only person I know other than, like, the Gips. I talked to Doug and Dave. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, I talked um, to them on social media from time to time. Or, uh, you know, um, I just give them a little thumbs up and love, show some stuff. Yeti. The Yeti. Um, no, Malcolm? I don't really, you know, that's, that's probably my fault more than his. Uh, but, you know, just connecting all of us, I always see you as kind of that hub with humidity and, and uh, with the zine. I still have my old zines in the uh, in no my shit. in my garage. I've got several of them. Yeah, and I'm still I mean I meant it what I said about that trophy, that third place trophy. You I still like, got that? Sucker, I would have I would have had first place if, if you would have had, had a road bike with I, some 700 C on the, oh, the wheels, man, even huh? just a 26 inch wheel, just a mountain bike. I'd have cru- Dude, I'd have you must have been it. hauling ass. I was because I don't like to lose. I still don't <laughs> like to lose. That explains why you're an attorney, huh? Well, that's right. I mean, I, I don't like to lose as a lawyer. I come in a lot of the time underhanded. And that, those, it, it, to know. be honest, that's all lawyer mentality, yeah. right? Would yeah. you say? Yes, 100%. Like, like, I'm sure you've been with the opposing counsel mm-hmm. and, like, you know, they try to tell you this and that. And you're just like, you got to debate it. 
and talk it and oh, relay yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had the privilege of, of working against some of the best attorneys, you know. Who Who is the, the one of the, the showboat attorneys you work I'm with? I'm not going to name names. No. No, no. I don't like to. You uh, know, I've had I, some really great cases. I've, I've, I've tried probably uh, seven, well, like, I probably had the benefit of, like, seven jury trials. Which not a lot of lawyers ever get to try a jury trial. Yeah, they ever. just settle. They just settle. And I've had the benefit of going through it, and and it's brutal process. You know, it's very challenging, but you learn so much about people. You learn, you know, and I, and I really think that that's being a messenger, working down the streets, like, you know, because you got to go from, like, a five-star office. Like, it come from a Montrose apartment that you had a big raging party at, with the badass DJ, 500 jello shots, and then the next that Monday you're going downtown, and you're you're going into like you know King and Spalding or like Vincent yeah, Elkins, B and E or mean, Baker Botts. I, I know the lawyer, the law, the big law firms. They talk about them in law school, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a great <laughs> fucking Christmas party, you know. <laughs> and, and like you know, people are like, how do you know this shit? I'm like, well, because I used to be a bike messenger, you know, and like fucking Abraham Watkins. Like, yes. What's up? That's yeah. a legit yeah. Christmas party. Yes. And um, you know, you just and you just take that that people. It's people. It's all. And so you take that into like a jury trial, and you're talking to people. And I take that into that courtroom. And I'm like, look, from the clerks of the courthouse to the juries in the jury pool, the jurors in the jury pool, and you're just, you're you're navigating people. You're from, and even from my clients, like, you navigating and convincing people. Exactly, and and you know, now I like I'm a trauma informed attorney. So like I've taken TBRI certification to be. What like, does that stand for? Trust based relational intervention. Trust. Base, so like you got to get cool with a. a yeah, you got to be cool with somebody. You got to be able to understand what they've been through. That they've been through a bunch of shit. Well, you know, you're downtown at the sitting at the tower, and somebody comes up and they're brand new riding bikes downtown. And and they're working for Hotshot because that's who hires anybody with no experience <laughs> at the time that I was down there, and you know they're fucked up. You know, you know something happened to him that they're like, especially if it's like some childhood. What was a, a old man uh, that had his son that came down there too? Brian and 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 Scott. No, his name was Scott. What was his name? Brian. Old man Brian. Yeah, and, and his son was uh, fuck. You knew there were. You knew something fucking happened. Like you know. But whatever, like that didn't. I never had you know. any bad encounters with them. It wasn't a judgment. It's not a judgment call. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, just yeah. know. Like, but you know, there's some shady. You know, something that went wrong. Like you know, like you know, obviously, like this is not your. Damn, what was his plan. son? His son was very fucking shady, dude. Yes, he was. He stole some sneakers at one dude, point. He got in a fight with my homeboy Leo. You remember Leo Garcia? Mm -hmm. Like they threw down. Yeah. Oh wait, because apparently he broke into Leo's house. Oh. Like after a party. Damn, I remember that, yeah. dude. I mean, I remember like, but you see someone come down and you know they've been through something that's happened, but that doesn't necessarily mean like they need to be condemned or something, but you just got to approach it with caution. And But there's a certification for that, dude? Well, like, yeah. I mean, that's they, they go through a whole training. It takes a long time. But does time. that take a lot of psychology, like court? Do you have to have some type of degree or, or no, minor you, in psychology it's, it's to understand? It's more for like, help. It help they, they, they direct it towards, like, helping, you know, the, what I focused on was helping children who have been through 
traumatic situations. And that's what I, that's kind of by default what I sort of specialize in, but I'm not allowed to say specialized unless I get specialized by the state bar uh, or certified by the state bar. But, but yeah, you but know, you focus on Are kids. you telling me the state bar actually has extra certifications in certain realms? Yeah, so you could be certi- certified for a child. And you still got to pay to take those certifications. Well, yeah, you got to pay, you got to study. and you know. Okay, I'm a personal trainer. Every two years I have to recertify in something fitness, like corrective exercise, performance enhancement, yoga, MMA, I mean, whatever it is, you know, yeah. personal you guys, too, as attorneys, have to get certified in all these different types of... Always have to update your, your background. What? Well, you got to take continuing education, but... And that's what I do. That's what I do. I do continuing education on... We do continuing education. We do... But if you want to be a, like the, certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization... And there are ties to that, like the Texas... Yeah. And then if you, once you get there, then you got to recertify every five years. So, um, you know, one of these days I'll get around to it, but... Not now. So. <laughs> but you took the certification the last five years or two years or whatever, Well, right? you take... The, I, I'm, I'm always up to date on my CLEs, oh, okay. yeah. Just not, not on the... CEUs. Why do you call them CLEs? Continuing legal education. Oh. So. For me, it's CEUs. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that, to be honest. I didn't know, like, you guys... Oh, yeah. Never stops. But that's the monetary value of keeping an attorney up to par right well yeah you gotta like you gotta play the game yeah Mm -hmm. like you could be what happened a hundred years ago you could be an attorney and just be an attorney but now like they want to keep you current with current situations of lifestyle of the human society yep 100 percent. yep wow i didn't know that i absolutely didn't know that i thought i just thought you took the bar you well, you take the t- bar, and then every year you got to take fifteen hours of continuing legal education. So every year, every year, fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. I did not know this, dude. But I mean, it's good because you want to stay up. To, you got to stay up. Of to course. Date. Okay. So. so my brother's like an IT guru. He's been doing it since he got out of the military, and like you know, he. I mean, times change, technology changes, so he has to take CEUs every two years as well. You know, to keep his job or, you know, to be a current of what's going on in society. So, go ahead. All right. Quick intermission. Yeah. Got to piss that shit out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? But, you know, the first bicycle that was like not a Walmart bike that I ever bought was uh, from West End. Uh, was from uh, West End Bike Shop. And Daniel, that owns West yeah. End, you know. Shout out to Daniel. Shout out to Daniel. I mean, what a wonderful human. I mean, I got to say. He's an awesome human, dude. He really is. So here's a, the, the world is very small. Maybe it's only in Houston, but that's all I know. But Daniel um, gave me, I interned for Daniel when I was in middle school. Get the fuck out yeah. of here, dude. Oh, you yeah. were working at West End yeah. as an intern while you were in high school? Middle you're school. The middle school. Middle school. You're the first person that I've ever known. Yeah. I mean, but... Child labor. No. No, but... But, <laughs> but he just had you, you know... The first out. person you known, what, that worked for Daniel? No, 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 no. At, like, 
middle school. Oh, yeah. I mean... At a middle school. Because, you know, you... I, I remember I went through some stuff when I was, like, 15. I worked at Baskin-Robbins at 15. And, like, I was unable to work because I was... I mean, you know what I'm saying? You have to oh, be yeah. 16 to work. Yeah. So she paid me $2 an hour. Oh, You know what I'm saying? Because I knew I was... She knew I was 15. Oh, that's so, brutal. Well, okay, so the whole so, day thing. So, like, I went to... This, I went to a private school, School of the Woods, that my mom was a teacher at. So, uh, Daniel, it, you know, anyway, I ended up buying a bicycle there, like a specialized, and that was the first, like, bike. Specialized dealer? Yeah. And um, what year do you think this was? Would have been like 92, 93, 94, okay. somewhere yeah, in there. Okay. And, and I rode the MS 150 in 1994. So, and I rode it on a mountain bike because, you know, just like that winter solstice, a wrong bike. Yeah, you know. of course. But I had knobby tires on there and I didn't care. And just, you know, and, and I always tell people today, I'm like, it's the MS-150. Like, it's not that hard. Like, you just push. It's the same thing as when you're a bike messenger. One pedal at a time. You will get there and it will, and all of a sudden you just get your mindset out of, like, how long you're riding, how far you're riding. You know, I got to ride all day, just one pedal at a time. We were riding all day, though. Like, I mean, there were times, I mean, the radius of downtown is 20 blocks by, like, 20 blocks. I'm pretty sure that I figured this out, that it's one square mile. But 20, that, that's why I said even, 20 by 20. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, one square mile between Pierce Elevated and... I-10. And Franklin. 45 to 59. And then from... Uh, like Smith, Bagby, from Bagby all the way to, like, well, I guess it used to be Chartres, but whatever, I don't yeah. know what it is Char- now. Yeah. But it's like one square mile. So, you know, 25 runs within that, it's, it's really not that bad. You, and you can always do it. You can be tired. It can be 110 degrees. It can be freezing cold. It can be... <laughs> or wind blasting I, through I, the I streets. remember being soaking wet and 30 <clears throat> degrees, and I'd be like... Dude, were you down there when the windstorm... Yeah, you had to be down there. The windstorm came down through downtown and, like, blew windows out. Yeah, like, the, yes, the, the rotating yes. doors got blown out. Yes. You were down there. I remember happened. it happened a couple times. It, but yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was brutal. Because they like, weren't ready. <clears throat> They had to be coming at least... You might have just convinced me of climate change. I don't know. But... <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I remember, I remember that. that. Like... Windows and buildings got blown out from the tower to 1100 Louisiana. Yeah. The revolving doors that went around, like, they blew so hard, the glass just fucking exploded. Yeah. I re- that's, that's brutal and crucial. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like, it was crazy. So, I mean, we have hurricanes that come here. Sometimes the winds come at least 100 or 90 to 100 miles to 110 miles an hour. But these were just out of nowhere storms that would come through... I remember Real trying shit. to ride, and you just you can't go anywhere. Okay. Real shit. I remember I was at $500. What building is that? One Allen. Oh, All day long, dog. All day long. Come on. Quiz. I ain't never changed. Okay. I was at $500, and I had to go to 1221 McKinney. And I, I, I had a speedometer on my bike, dude. Which is two Houston's in it, right? Exactly, yeah. dog. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> And I just remember I jumped on, it was Dallas, because Dallas goes east. 
and fuck, I was like, I had to make this run, and the storm came through, and I just remember, I jumped on my bike right there, 500 Dallas, I didn't even have to pedal, like the fucking wind was coming from, you know, the west side shooting east side, and that's when it blew all the fucking windows out everywhere, but I just remember that wind catapulted me, I was like, just flying down Dallas. I didn't even have to pedal. I, man, dude, I probably hit like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't have been out there. Like, I should have said, fuck this shit, I'm staying in the building. But I, me, trying to hustle, make the run, I'm going to deliver this package, and I got to go to 1221 McKinney. You yeah. Know? And I just, I'll never forget, I never had to pedal. When I left 500 Dallas... And rode east on on Dallas, and then I had to make a left. But like, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I just sheltered up after that. I made the delivery, and I was like, "I ain't going out there." No, no, oh man, <laughs> I ain't going out there. But I, you know, Chicago is like that. Like, you ever been to Chicago? I have not. I mean, the term there is the windy city. Yeah, I mean, you've heard that before, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, for a moment, Houston had that. <laughs> That windiness. Yeah. Right? So, like... I remember I used to love to get a run to the medical center. Because you just get on fanning and... You can hit those lights. Yeah. Because, I mean, as far as, like, messengers go, from what I gather, like, in Houston, our runs were always shorter than what they are in, like, New York. Oh, Chicago, of course. Like, of course. We, like, and I, I spoke to all those messengers, like, all over... Like, I was like, we have a short range. Like, these guys, like, travel far. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, Yeti's like they, told me he's running across New York. I'm yeah, like, Long Island, you know, Jesus like the five boroughs. I'm like, damn, dude, fool's, like, traveling. Yeah, like, I'm you like, know? bro, you just get on the subway. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but a bike messenger can be faster than the subway. Yes, indeed. You indeed. know? And you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I mean, I remember running out to 2929 would be, you know, trying to beat, I mean, I could get out there and, I mean, as a kid, I used to, when I lived at Brentwood and Shepherd, I could get, and I used to run the Allen Parkway bike trail, like the running trail along there, six mile route, and I remember being able to make it in like 17 minutes. I remember timing myself. You time yourself? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'd be like, I'd smoke that thing. Okay, hey, well, let's take it back. This, this seems like a little history. You were at in middle school, working for Dan for Danny. Daniel oh, yeah, at yeah. West End. So Danny, like Daniel, um, ended up, so my mother is a teacher. She ended up teaching his kids. No way. Yes. Smallest world on the planet. Hey, you know what? Dan, I've, I've known Daniel for a long time. Like he's, I've, he's never mentioned his kid. His kids are what? Your age? I have no idea at this what? point. What? Right, right, sitting right here, I have no idea. Wow. But I, I know they're older now. They've got to be in college. They've got to so. be like my age. Oh, wait. No. No, dude. not your age. No, they've gotta, they're got younger. But uh, Are you serious? Yeah. Hey, you know, bike guys, you know, they go. I don't know. I have a 25-year-old, and tomorrow my daughter will be 18 years old. So, like. No way. Yes. Yeah, so, like. Daniel's older than I am. Yeah. You see, I would say he's probably 10 years older than me. Maybe a little bit more. His, it had to be, 
So, of my oldest daughter, his kids 25. are young. His kids are like probably in their twenties, mid to late twenties. Probably mid to late twenties. Okay, I'm thinking. But, uh, you know, and then but I. But you out, worked there. Yes. Well, I was an intern there for like just just a few weeks. Like it was a middle school. It was a middle school internship. So like part of the middle school thing was like you're supposed to go and like have a work experience kind of kind of vibe. Um, he set that up to yeah. like have the kids come and. Or, but he you know. personally sold me my first bike. I mean, I remember going in there. It was four hundred dollars, and the reason I had the money was because someone had like, if I remember right, someone had stolen my bike, and I got to mowing lawns in my neighborhood to buy, save up the money to buy a new bike. So I remember paying like $425 for a specialized hard rock. And that no was a ton way, of money. It was dude. A, that a was so hard much. rock? Hey, that was a lot of money. They were, they were the shit, though, back then. Oh, you know, man. when hard rocks came out? It was like, turquoise. Like, it was beautiful. And I remember being like, I'm going to ride the MS-150 with this thing. Uh, with know, knobbies, right? With knobbies. But I had them that, with kind of like a slick knob uh. on it. And... Semi slick, yeah, but uh, and I remember training for that thing, and people were like, You know, you're gonna ride that, and I'm like, Yeah, it's fine, but I still maintain to this day that like anybody could ride that MS 150 if you just just put the work in, you'd be fine. Oh, you stop every 10 miles, and, you stop, you, know, you take you, a break, you, you get your joint, water, you know, whatever you need to do, so, <laughs> get some you know, oranges, exactly. You know, like, they, back then, when I rode it, they would massage your legs. Oh my god, I remember, they, I remember this lady massaged my thighs yeah. with uh, like icy hot, and I remember being like, Oh, this feels good. And then you still had to get on the bike and ride, yeah, no, but I was like 15, and she's massaging my legs with icy hot, and I was like, Oh, this is, feels great, and then all of a sudden, it starts burning. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get it on your balls. That's <laughs> why so you don't go to Singapore, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, funny, my gosh. dude. Yeah, she, but, but, you know, those those were some... But Daniel, and then I find out, uh, I went in to get some bike parts about two years ago, and Butch was in there. And I was like, no kidding, you know. Um, I mean... Daniel is a is a, he's a force. And he You're right. You're absolutely right. He is, dude. And, and he's held at now. Now he's the oldest bike shop in Houston. No way. I think so. I did not Boone's, know that. Boone's clothes, Sherrard's. I was clothes. about to say Sherrard's was. He almost made a hundred years. Wow. James. He's remember sh- James? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost made 100 years. He was probably like six years of making 100 years as the oldest bike shop in downtown. And he He was like six years away. He was like, fuck it. I'm tired of fucking with you fucking bike messengers (laughs) who aren't paying your bill. (laughs) Speaking of paying bills, I remember being downtown, and I don't even think I was old enough to drink, but I remember having a tab (laughs) at the this bar on Main Street. I wasn't right? old enough to drink, but I had a tab. I remember having a tab. What was that bar? Um, on Main Street? Coaches? Coaches. Oh. <laughs> you know, I knew it. I knew oh, it. It was like, serve anybody. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I remember, like, I remember Christian Trashton. Whoa. That was a good dude. He was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, I remember he didn't pay his tab, and they were just livid with him. And he tried to come in and, like, talk his way through it, and they were, like, they were not having it. Yeah, yeah. He um, was definitely, uh, he, um, that for him at that bar, uh, how would you say it? Like, he was a guy that 
the epitome customer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the epitome customer of someone who goes to the bar, like Norm. Yeah. You know, like, hey, Norm. Yes. You know, like, you know, trash is here. Norm, you know, like. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good bar. Uh, and then the saucer opened. Mm-hmm. Wait, were you there when the saucer opened? I was opened? there when the saucer opened. In fact, I got a good story from the, go ahead, the saucer go ahead, go ahead. I remember sitting at the bar with the saucer with the evil twin and a bunch of other messengers. We were mobbed up in there. Like, there was a bunch of us. And no one ever admitted to it. But somebody, somebody had really pissed off Spider, who was a like a pimp from around the way the, the, <laughs> at the Montague. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but I know. You just said Spider, the pit from the Montague. From the Montague. You remember the Montague? Dude, there's been dead people at the Montague. Yeah, so the Montague was still holding on at the time. Like, it was still operational. They had had a a staircase going down that motherfucker. Yeah. You know, from back in the day. I delivered delivered packages to attorneys who were staying at the Montague. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what I worse is the clients that hired them. (laughs) (laughs) But, so remember Arthur's Barbecue and all that shit? Oh, my God. So... I remember being inside the Flying Saucer. It was brand new. I mean, it was so nice. And it was like nothing downtown had ever been so nice. You're right. You're right. It was. And the glass just shattered. Because that pimp, Spider, had come by and like thrown... Well, some people said he shot into it. Some people said he threw a rock into it. I don't know what happened. I just remember being like peeing there and the glass just dropped. And it was like... Holy shit! And and everybody was scared. They were not going outside. And it was a bunch of messengers. And it was all everybody was pointing fingers at who had done wrong. And I was I was like I'm sitting right here. So what? But I will say for the record, it wasn't me. <laughs> Dude, there's so many stories mm-hmm. about the saucer and bike messengers. And there's been so many people been kicked out. They come back in. They got kicked out. They. Uh, <laughs> The, I mean, I'm D- talking does about anyone the mess- have a plate on the wall? Medina has, I think, like two uh, or three. Of course, he does. The wolf, yeah. oh the wolf has like two or three. Two or three. So, but there are a couple other messengers who have plates on the wall, and the the deal with those plates is like you had to drink a hundred beers. Yeah. Different beers on different days. On different days on on tap or uh, you remember the mystery bowl? Yeah. You know, like they had a mystery tub. And it was just full of, like, beer from all around the world. And then you, you paid for it. And then you grab... The waitress would go grab... Or the bartender would go grab one and, like, pull it out. Like, oh, you're drinking this. You know? And some of those things were really high in co- alcohol content. You know? Like, yeah. they were from around the world. Insane, dude. Like, yeah. those times... Oh. At, you know what's a great bar now that I wish was down there? When we were when I worked down there, what is it? Sunny's. I got to give a shout out to Sunny's. Where's that at? On Capitol. It's at it's at like the five hundred block of Capitol. I and haven't been there. Are you kidding me? No. The, it, it's Wait. It's the most messenger vibe bar there is. What is yes. it on Main Main and Capitol? It's on Capitol between Main and Capitol. between um, between Main and Travis. Oh. Yeah, Sonny's. I mean, Sonny owns Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. I love yeah. Sonny's. It, yeah? Oh, my gosh. It, it is. It's it's 
but I, uh, I, I gotta limit myself going there because it's a lot of trouble. But wow! But I love Sunny's. It, it is uh, she, and she survived the pandemic. She survived all of it. You know, she operated through it, and uh, you know, she might close. She it serves too. food there, though, right? And hell no, no. <laughs> unless you consider. <laughs> Unless you said hell no. Unless you consider uh, you're drinking beer, you're eating beer. Yeah. You know, you know. Unless you consider pineapple soaked in diesel, whatever that Everclear like. Yeah, I mean, and you can you can she'll give you. You've a, had. I take it you've had some. I have. I have. And uh, very toxic. She right? might. She might close it too, but really? she might not. Um, or sometimes she just closes the door at two and tells you that you're clo- that she's closed and she's got pool tables in the back. Um, it's got the, a strong messenger vibe, and Sunny is Sunny is exactly as she sounds. Like she's a, you know, blonde lady runs his bar like with an iron fist. Lots of fun, off of Capitol, mm-hmm. Capitol and Main. So there's the flying saucers right there, and then what is the burlesque bar that's right there, that used to be there. I don't know. I'll have to go investigate. Oh, no. You have to know. I was going there with Nikki. We, mm. I, I've been there a couple times. Um, it's the burlesque bar right there on Main and Capitol. Not the Capitol Grill. No. No. Okay. Not there. All right, then it's the next seat. Prairie. Prairie. It was a burlesque show. That happened. It still goes on today. I have never, no, I've never even what? heard of it. No. J- hey, JB, I'm, I'm, I'm about to slap you, Oh, dog. my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, look, let me tell you something. Your podcast, your whole, like, MO with maintaining the humidity vibe, I remember when, you, when I got my first zine, and I still have those zines at my house. Do you have those two right there? I don't know if I have these two right here. Let me see. I do not have these. No? What year does this say this on the is bottom? April 2001. It's all about them taxes. Oh, boy. I don't even want to see those. <laughs> I still hate them. But you know what? Like, I remember you would put it together, and I would get, and you'd, you'd be passing them out. Oh wow! What's look that at Dustin. Look at Dustin. I'm seeing Ross. Yeah. I see onion. Dina, onion. Onion. Yep. Look at that. Wow. What a vibe. I mean, that was John is, Rittman right there going well, to. Yeah. And, well, that blue one. Who John Rittman went to New Orleans and he took a picture of that bike in New Orleans and I was like, dude, give me a cover pic, and he sent that to me. Well, seeing like art like that, like reminds me of like. Uh, you know what? He gave me a fucking floppy disk, <laughs> a floppy disk, dude. Like, hey, you want this? Here's a floppy of it. It's on there. And back then, a floppy disk can only hold about ten photos. Isn't that crazy? A floppy disk could only hold like ten photos. Look at this. I mean, here's Gag. I remember Gag. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's just some Courier Scum type stuff in there or what? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, oh, well, here you go. May 2000. Yes, May 2000. yes. The All-Star. Stitcher Park. Yep. Stitcher Park. Pre-Summer Drunk League. Oh, my the gosh. Summer Drunk League, dude. Yep. 
I mean, and Larry, like, I've, you know, when I run into, I, like, over the years, I've run into Larry, run into everybody, and I, you know, and whatever, I'll tell you something about me, is I don't care who I'm with, where I'm at, if I run into messengers, I'm always, like, like daps. Blood in, blood I, out, I don't right? care. And people yeah. are like, how? you know, it doesn't matter. And I pull over the side of the road and say hi to Tim. And, and, you know, I've, I've been with, you know, I'm like, I don't care. That, that's my people. That's my boy. Love him to death. I mean, old man Tim, just love him. I mean, he's a force. You're supposed to come with us, fool. I know. That, it killed me. Hey, we're about to take a, I, I on a little pee break. Quick intermission. We'll be right back. Uh, everyone I interview, like, some things that they made, they, they might have saw... Or change your life, or of course it changed your life, but like things that, as a bike messenger, like what happened to you that changed your mentality on life general? Or you know what I'm saying? Like, give me one of the most insane stories that you think, as I mean, I give you, like I always tell people, I give you a couple of minutes to think about it. Like, what happened? to you as a bike messenger that you just had to go like oh my god like this changed my life you know what I'm saying one of the most insane moments and the second question is always like what is the most funniest moments I'll let you think about that like it could be the most insane to the most funniest okay I know you got stories, dude. You I were gotta, like saying stuff earlier today. Oh my like, god! I can tell you the the most insane moment, like blew my mind, that I still carry with me to this day was when when Stitcher would when Richard, you know, took him took his life. Um, and I can tell you the reason I, I I've kept that with me, and it's a little depressing, a little sad, but I don't want to make that this like a, it's not a mopey thing to me. It's an inspirational thing because, you know, I remember Richard. When he took his life, I remember he had that big barbecue for us. And I remember it was like we were everybody, I mean, everybody. No one's not guilty of ranking on the dude a little bit here and there. And I remember. But I never did. So Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I remember, like, everybody gave him a hard time. But I remember he had this barbecue and he invited everybody. And I remember that was, I mean, it was great. And, well, it turns out that the woman that I ended up marrying, I'm divorced now, her co-worker found Richard. I don't know if I ever told you that. Oh, my God. So I'm about to parallel universe some stuff with you. Yeah. And who did, who did she work for? She worked the city for she, Houston? She worked for Accenture, which was Anderson Consulting, which was previously Arthur Anderson. So, like, all oh connected to Oh, my anybody. God. So I'm about to blow your mind, too. But keep going. Well, so I just have always carried with me through the because i work with people who come from very difficult backgrounds and i work on cases that have people from all kinds of walks of lives that you know we should always take a moment and recognize like what the kind of shit what kind of shit people are dealing with and that that's so that's something that is that a certification it, it is it's a certification it blew my mind because i couldn't believe that because Richard was, was good to me when I came down there. He he was like, hey, you'll be all right. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, and we had a good time. And it and it just always sticks with me. And every Thanksgiving, I think about it, Richard. 
every Thanksgiving. Even though I don't make it down to the bridge, I think about the man and I think about what happened. His motive and like and how he tried to unite people and bring people. You know a, what I'm saying? He yeah, was he was I'd good go cause. I've got a Bob Marley festival with him. Oh, dude. You know, like yeah. I remember getting cans together with him and out of the pantry and like taking the cans down because they could you could get in with yeah with can foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like that blew my mind, and that's something that has always stuck with me as a positive thing because I it 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 impacted me like it was so real. I was like, God, damn! Like this dude, he didn't need it. You know that that was so raw to me. It was real. It was it was hard. It hurt. But I I've realized over year over the years like I needed to turn it into something positive for me and. I remember he had a picture of, there was a picture of Richard at this cafe on, um, off of, in the Heights, and his, his picture in like a tuxedo. No way, Was right dude. there in the, it was the, I can't think of the name of the place right off the top of my head, but it was right there when you would go to pay your bill, and I was like, that's fucking Richard. No way, and, dog. And, um, yeah, um, if I thought, tell you the name of it, now it's, now it's Benjamin Berg's like Trattoria Sophia restaurant on you know, beautiful restaurant now, but it, it, for years it was this little hunky um, breakfast joint. So that's always stuck with me as as a co- sort of um, inspirational. You know, I I made Richard an inspiration to me, and I made that experience something that was always driving force for me. Which is like people that have you, you should respect people, treat them well, and 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 be aware of of how you're engaging with them because I mean. We ride these bikes. We do all this raw shit, like party hard. But you never know. But you never know what somebody's going through. So take a moment and and embrace. You know, you yes, know try to yes. try to put. Hey, what's the? This is the saying. Put yourself in the man's shoes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And you deal a lot with that with the children that you do. And I, that's what I said. You are. That's what I'm asking. Like you said, Man, I got to deal with infants. You're dealing with infants. Can they speak to you? Like, how do you represent those infants yeah. at times, you know, yeah. or toddlers? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, how do you put them in, into a home or uh, another foster care? or what, Like, what do you have to do for that? Yeah. You know I mean, you, you got to evaluate their family, their friends, you know, like the, the friends of the family. Like, like you're, you're evaluating people trying to make a judgment call. Or and, a study. Yeah. And, you know, like, so it, it, go, it cuts all ways, you know. Um, so, that that's was, but now a funny story. Uh, All right, that was the deep kind of stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. So the funny shit. The funniest. What shit. is the funniest shit you see? Evil uh, Twin. I mean, Malcolm. Oh, Chris Watson. Squirrel. Like whoever. Who who oh, made? Who? Okay. So the funniest thing I can think of, and maybe this is my sadistic sense of humor from all the fucked up shit that happened on these bikes. And running around Houston, uh, I mean, I used to feel like we owned Houston because I, I felt like, you know, I remember going to Washington Avenue, like the, the warehouse, six packs of uh, 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 buckets of beer. Five bucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was 19, like five bucks. 19 years old, a bunch of cops around there. Hey, they give me beer. It <laughs> didn't matter. Um, but, but it I, was like five or six bucks yeah, for, you know. Nothing. Sonora Stelters. Um I cannot I cannot get another person on this earth other than a bike messenger to remember that that bar existed in downtown Houston. But Sonora Stelters was was I know Larry Hanna remembers that bar, <laughs> um, but I remember um, a party and I don't know whose house it was, but it was um, 
right there off of Taft and my ex-wife now at the time uh, was my girlfriend and a girl that was dating Beeline Bobby at the time. She didn't know better, obviously. Yes. Boy, we'll leave That's that another, another story. story. Yeah. But she came up to me and she like grabbed my shirt and she wrinkled my shirt. And this girl, you know, Ada, she had tried to dress me up. You know, I was still raw. I remember. Yeah. She tried to dress me up, make me something I wasn't. But she she grabs my shirt. That girl grabs my shirt. And I went outside and, and Ada was like, what happened to you? And I was like, I don't know that girl. Da, 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 da. And Ada just like flipped it and went in there to inside this house and grabbed that girl by the hair and I was like that was that party yes Thomas and Melissa's party you remember Thomas T-Bone that was my roommate that was my first roommate in my whole life was Thomas and Melissa you lying dog I remember this because I was DJing that party in the backyard (laughs) I was DJing that party in the backyard so Ada grabs her by the hair and is whipping her ass i mean she's just beating her and she grabs a big giant ashtray with these sharp corners and it maybe doesn't seem like a funny story to the most but i remember it's hysterical and she's about to smash this girl's head with this ashtray and i grabbed her hand and i was like no 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 like we are not doing this today and somebody took a picture and so dustin or marconi one of those two fools has this picture of me Standing between two women, and I'm smiling. <laughs> I think I've seen that picture. And I'm dude. smiling because I'm like, "Bitch, you are not about to smash her head in." And immediately following that, Beeline Bobby wanted to fight me, and Beeline Bobby was, you know, big. okay. Oh, Do you remember gosh. also that night? I remember this to the T. Orlando and Big Frank fought in the backyard. No, Big Frank tried to fight me but then orlando fought big frank yes 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 and there was like a bunch of punches thrown there was blood yes. everywhere yes. and i was djing right where they were fighting and i was like oh my god dude it's like come on dog like blood was flying everywhere from both of those guys like they were yeah. beating each other up oh my god god that that is a memory i'll never forget thomas yes. melissa well, well, Thomas and Melissa had more fights than any couple I've ever seen. They could have made their own reality show. You goddamn right. <laughs> yeah, they were. They should still be together, really. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, yeah. I mean, Thomas. I don't know if you heard. Have you heard from him? I have. I have. I I touched base with him a few times over the years. Uh, but Cecil, recently, not in in not like in with the, the last five years. No, not at all. He had a, a little catastrophic uh, event well god bless him i mean yeah you know he gave me respite um when i when i my mom put me out for a little while wow you know, my mom yeah. put me in timeout yeah. and uh he and, he and melissa gave me respite so i hate and to you hear were that. like mom you're written this place oh my god <laughs> mom you're written this place yeah. i thought you owned it oh my gosh yeah i mean i deserved to become a messenger i deserved it and i earned it and, it was your fate, I, dude. And, and That's I, fate. And it's I not still, you deserve. It was your fate no, of learning lessons. I still live it to this day. I mean, I still do. I I don't. Um, I don't regret any of it. And I and right. I. You should never do. That. No, it, it was life experience, one hundred percent. And um, 
There's a hundred stories. I mean, just so many. Oh, dude, like, we're about to hit two hours, and, like, we didn't cover shit. No, no. But, you know what I'm saying? You know, but we covered, you know, the twins. We covered old man Tim. Um, we covered a little Astros I mean, baseball. Look, let's, let's, They're going into yeah. the World Series. But let's be honest, like, Wathen and, um, you There's know. still all those stories. They, but, but I use my connections with those guys to help me on my cases as an attorney. I mean, I yeah. like I, I, it's a resource bank. I call them. I'm like, Hey, I need, I need the courier gangster shit. You know, yeah, I, I need, yeah. I need the fix. Yeah. And, and they, they are, Wathen has never failed to come through. Um, you know, it's about problem solving. It's about connecting and it's a, it's a life. And making it you know. mutual and commutative. Absolutely. Commutative. 100%. Commutative. When I, 100%. But that's because that's what we were as messengers. We took care of each other. If you need a place to stay, you can spend the night in my house. You yeah. know, if you need a beer, I'll, I'll buy these beers tonight. But when you get paid, buy some beers for us, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It was even, the reciprocity. Even, even Clayton. Who arrested Thomas in front of the tower? Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, and I Melissa. To, I ended up going to college with him. Yeah, yes. Clayton. Clayton was Rora. a student at Clayton Walver was a student at U of H downtown when I was president of student government there. You lying yes. dog! You know, and I mean, I'm I'm the president. I'm the chair of the alumni association at U of you H. You lying dog! Yeah. You lying. Yeah. Born Damn. downtown, raised downtown, lived downtown, and and that one thing that connects it is being a messenger so wow that's a great connection of story dude you know so we're at two hours one minute last shout outs um i mean where can people find you as a mess um, as an attorney to like help other people if they need help where can they find you www.bobbittlawfirm.com b-o-b-b-i-t-t mm-hmm. lawfirm.com um I'll be around as long as I can. Can't <laughs> promise forever, but I can promise that, you know, I'm always here to help. So. You're right. Good, good, good. Well, JB, thank you. Uh, man, uh, I'd asked you to come on here months ago, you know, and finally you're here. But um, I feel like, every, you know, all all the old bikers, they listen to this stuff, dude. Like, I, I, I get cues on, like, who's listened to it and all this and, like, this is like an evolution, you know, of, of like how the history of Houston has evolved to where it is today. You know what I mean? Like through technology and like how people do things now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually exited out when technology took over. So for you to still be in the game, you know what I'm saying, as an attorney... And you actually reiterated that, like, this is where I know how to get around the court system, talk to the clerks, and get around and make the shit happen. And that makes your job easier. Does it not? A hundred percent. It's like a... a, (laughs) I thought you were going to say, he's like, 100%. (laughs) I mean, I know how to get... It's like knowing how to get a happy ending in a massage parlor, right? Like... You know, like that's that's what it's like. I mean, I was just going you know, there. I mean, Whatever not everybody's going to get the same treatment. But happy but a, ending, happy ending. Yeah, you you know. know, but still, your acknowledgement of your 
profession at the time of being a bike manager has evaluated or um, how would you say not that word. It's elevated. Elevated. That's 100%. the word I was like. It is elevated your skills to like connecting with people, helping people, helping children. A hundred percent. That's my passion. I mean, that's my passion. I, and I tell my clients all the time, I don't care what it is that your problems are, but if, if we've got a kid at stake, then we're going to do the right thing by him. And if you can convince me, I tell my clients in my consultations, if you can convince me that what we're trying to do is right by the kid, then that's what we're going to do. And if you can't convince me of that, if you, can, if you can't overcome that kind of hurdle, then I don't really know that I want you as a client. And that, and it's right, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to deny somebody? All the time. Oh. All the time. I have a lot of clients that Okay, I so you away. actually, just by you saying that, you're an energy-vibing person. 100%. Like, like when you meet someone... You could tell a bullshitter from a bullshitter, yeah, right? Yeah, like you'd be like, "I know, Mark motherfucker, Pinard. quit bullshitting." Yep, I can tell Mark. You're Pinard. not being sincere, mm-hmm. so like, I'm in the interest of the child. Yes. but you're being insincere. Is that the word? Insincere. Yeah. I mean, I've always we all know the phrase. You know, you got to keep it real, and I I really believe in like keeping it real, like walking what you talk, and and it's it costs me lots of money sometimes because I could take. <laughs> a, I can take somebody's money, but but my reputation matters, you know, and and like it mattered when I was downtown, um, and, and it matters now, you know, that's to me, and it and the reputation of the, of the couriers, even if somebody was sketchy as hell, you you know you could tell who was real and who was of character. fraud. Yeah, exactly. You know, just manipulating. People are broken. Messengers are broken. But Fifty to seventy percent of us were. Yeah, but that don't mean they're a bad character. That right. don't mean they can't be trusted. That don't mean you can't give them a you know, and and you know, they, it got me through quite a bit of my life and got me to where I'm at now. And I don't know where I'm going, but I know that I'll always be a messenger. That is so fucking cool. You just said that because I don't know where I'm going either. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I will let life. Come to me and handle it when it comes. But I do know where we're going. It's the World Series, baby. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was the best exit out of this. So, uh, just any last shout outs to anybody right now? Uh, just to all my messenger friends. I mean, right now, and my top of my brain is to Doug. Uh, God yes. bless you. To Dave, because I know you're. That's your. That's your twin, um, Derek. Cause yes. little, little D, little D, you know, dude. and Desiree too. Yes, love, and De- love y'all. Awesome. You know, awesome. like that's where I would say my head is out at this moment. Yeah, because we live in the moment to be in the moment, and you call it like it is in yeah. the moment. Yeah, because if you don't, you're gonna be like, oh, a week later, try to like reciprocate something. It's like, bitch, you're late. Live yeah. in the moment and just tell it like it is. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, uh, Mr. J.B. Bobbitt, I'm sorry I couldn't get the J to the B out of you. Uh, <laughs> because you're like, I don't know. That just says on my birth certificate. 208. That was one of my numbers for A&W. No shit. Yeah, that was your number? 208. 208. That was my dispatch number. Damn, my business. Uh, it was 358 and 268. Yeah. So, we got a connection here. We got the eight yeah, on yeah. the end. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Thank you, JB, with all my heart. 
we're at 207. Uh, thank you for all your words. And, uh, man, uh, when it comes out, you get to hear your side. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you the, uh, for listening, everyone. This is episode number 41 with Mr. J.B. Bobbitt. No relation to Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> a, a cut above the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We out. Peace. All right. <laughs>